the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Somewhere along I-30 right now, there is a woman dressed in black leather with a gun strapped to her hip, and she's riding as quick as she can towards Little Rock. (laughs) It would be Jan Morgan. (laughs) She's on her way. She's going to join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'll be on my best behavior. You better be. (laughs) Whoop your butt, buddy. I'm just telling you. But uh, anyway, she, she'll be here in a few minutes. She's on She's on her way. Uh, she was good enough to uh, call up uh, Dan Sullivan, state representative, and he came in and joined us today. And across from me, since we knew that uh, Paul was going to be out of town a couple of weeks ago, although I thought it was last week, it is this week, and I looked at my, my uh, text to you, Carl, and it said, can you join 30. me on the thirtieth? I said, "Oh, okay. This that that's this this Tuesday." So anyway, Carl Kimball is here. Good to have him in the studio. He's filling in with Paul. I got a couple of pictures from Paul. You know, he's out riding along on a cruise ship going down to the Cozumel area. I got to tell you, Dave, it's a real honor to sit in for the great Paul Calvert. <laughs> I tell you, you know, I've been on the air with him a couple times yeah. with you, and he's been on a couple times when I've subbed for you. And uh, like you, I think I've agreed with him on everything but one thing the time, the whole time that I've known him. But I'd like to think that, you know, if, if I was younger, better looking, and harder working, I'd be Paul Calvert. That's funny. I call him my Old Testament, uh, you know, prophet. Now, of course, if I was younger and smarter and better looking, then I'd uh, be Steinbach, Robert Steinbach. Instead. Oh, he's so good. That he? was that was so much fun to be on with him a couple of weeks back. He's oh. such a character. He was uh, he was here in the studio yesterday. We spent we I know, two hours. I, I heard on, I heard much of it. One of the great things about having Paul is it makes your job so easy. You say. Well, Bob, what do you think about this? And you don't have to say another word till the next You're right. break. <laughs> it's kind of way the same way it is with, with Jan. I bring up a subject and then say, you know, Jan, I think blah, blah, blah. And then I just lay back and <laughs> wait for the fireworks to go on. And let her talk, and she takes off. So, uh, Representative, why are you in town? What, what brought you to the... Uh, you know, the the wonderful world of uh, Little Rock. Well, it's uh, budget time here at the Capitol, and we're going through the different budgets. This week we're working on the education budget. So I'm, of course, from Jonesboro area right. out there in District 53. I come down on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays and work, work through the budget process. I'm also helping a good friend, Justin Gonzalez, campaign down in Arkadelphia. So I'm headed down to Arkadelphia later today to work with Justin and his campaign. Okay. Uh, good to be here and glad to be with you. Okay, so early voting has been pretty hot. I was talking yesterday about it. Uh, we're about 16,000, 17,000 voters ahead of the Trump election time, which is really kind of amazing, to be honest with you. I think it's that way across the state. I know I saw the numbers in Jonesboro uh, in Craighead <coughs> County just the other day, and they were up also. Good or so bad? That's really good. Okay. Good. Really encouraging. All right, because... You know, I have always thought the more people who come out to the polls, 
more possibility that there are blue voters out there. But there's so many things that have happened leading into this election that I do believe that they energize the Republican base. Well, how about how about they energize the people that are not raving socialist lunatics? Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, pull the, your mic up a little closer. <laughs> to you. They have they have uh, gone so far over the deep end on the far left that it's an understatement i know and and i tell you i I think that this blue wave is going to turn into a blue bust because they have gone in with such hubris such overweening pride such uh, self-righteous enthusiasm for pushing the most un-american ideas and it's backfiring on them now i hadn't been like you dave i didn't early vote i always wait until election i know you do I show up on election day like good God-fearing Americans are supposed to do, and I cast my vote for the most conservative person that I think's got a chance to win any given office. I'm, well, I, I can understand that. It was interesting. I I voted uh, to be a week ago tomorrow, and I was standing in line, and I'm out in Cabot, and typically when I go to vote in Cabot, I can get in line and I can be – Heading out the door within about ten minutes, uh, in, in forty-five my, minutes. In my entire thirty-eight years of my adult life that I've been back in my home state of Arkansas, the only time I have ever had a wait of even five minutes, and I did wait one time. It was Bill Clinton's first election in nineteen ninety-two. I had to stand in line an hour to cast a vote that day, but other than that, five minutes is a rarity. Yeah, Craighead County has opened up several new early voting locations. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's happened in other counties, but it's really great for the voters. And, you know, I think over time, the voice of the voters will be right. We may have an election or two where we, where the majority really disagrees with what occurred in the election. But over time, that'll happen. I think that bears out in Trump's election. You know, over time, the people got tired of voting one way and their representatives <clears throat> voting another way. They got tired of it, and that changed. Now, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how this all plays out. Uh, we've had some questions about what we're going to do here on this show uh, on Tuesday of next week because everybody knows that I'm all about covering that stuff. I have, have been ever since I got here. So we will be at the embassy suites at the Republican Victory Party I'll do my show from 2 to 6 there. Then we'll switch over to just pure, here's what's happening for the election, and we'll be there until 10 o'clock. So 2 to 10, you get a full day of the, the Dave Ellswick show. So the, uh, the, the, That's the, a lot of Ellswick. Uh, the, the big scribe of L.A. Uh, is not going to be on that night. So just be, <laughs> just be me. And uh, the power panel will be coming in, and the people who are on the power panel on Tuesday and Thursday will kind of, you know, switch places and things. And then anybody who's there at uh, the embassy be stopping by. I can't tell you who will be on. I can just tell you as many of them that want to be on will be on. And you, I listen to your radio show in Jonesboro. I appreciate you know, online that. and listen to it. And you have a lot of followers up there. So I'd encourage your listeners, if you're going to be out of town, if you're going to be on the road, just get on the Internet, pull it up, and you can uh, hear the show and keep up with what's going on in Arkansas. Well, it's getting better all the time. The Mevo unit, uh, we're getting ready to update that. That should happen within the next week or two. Uh, it's going to be about a 
but about a $2,000 update that we're doing, isn't it, Russ, basically? Yeah, about two grand. And it's going to allow us to do some great things on my Facebook Live broadcast and then as well as just carrying the show on our, our app and all the rest. We, we have a listener in, uh, in Peru that we hear from religiously. <laughs> Is that Peru, Ohio? No, no. <laughs> yeah, it's the Peru, Peru, all right, where Eli Roth did Aftershock. Oh, that's right. Peru's in Indiana. Lima, yeah, Lima's Peru. in Ohio. Yes. But, you know, and I'm, you know, I like Peru and I like Lima, but I like the Peru, the country, as long as they stay at their country and don't think they can walk from Peru all the way to the border of the United States and demand to come in. I like them as long as they keep that bozo from Aruba in jail that killed (laughs) that girl. Yeah, I agree with that, too. That's kind of crazy. But that was a Dutch guy, wasn't it? Well, Aruba's a Dutch colony still. Yeah. So yeah, he had Dutch he thought, citizenship. Yeah, he thought he could get away with that. I, I get banned or something. I forget what his. The guy was a sociopath. Was. Yes, he was. He was that. They finally got him. It took and him it made a while. You, it made me think twice about going to Aruba. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a sexy place to go to me. Yeah. Where are you going, Aruba? It just doesn't <laughs> sound right. It doesn't sound the same as when you say, you know, Turk and Caicos or something like that. That sounds. Like a cool place to go. B and I are going to the Grand Cayman in December. Oh, really? Along with a couple of places in Yucatan. Yeah, that's our 40th anniversary cruise. Well, congratulations. Assuming she keeps me until December, that is. <laughs> I know she will. You guys are two of the happiest people I know. Well, I've been very, very fortunate. There's no doubt about it. Sometimes God answers prayers. He took care of you. There's no Indeed. doubt about that. Really. You know, you know, I was lucky enough when I first got here to hook up with some really good people, uh, Dan. I, I hooked up with, with Carl. I hooked up with Gip, another mm-hmm. good man. He's still around, isn't he? He's I haven't still, seen him in a long time. haven't seen him. I, I, get a, I get some stuff on my Facebook every once in a while from him. And then, uh, of course, uh, uh, Jacob, I get, I, you know, love him. You know, Tim... Came back and fought the good fight again. Did not win this time, but something tells me two years from now we'll be talking about I, it again. I was so frustrated that that they had already had the Secretary of State's office is responsible for verifying the signatures, yes. and the Secretary of State's office had already signed off, and they had plenty of signatures, and then the people that are suing them get someone to go in and comb through and, yeah, the and, find, and, and find some picky technical reasons to throw off a bunch of signatures that probably were perfectly legitimate Voters did you hear signature. how they did it, Carl? Well, I know that they I know that they threw out whole pages. If they could yes. find, if they could find one, one small discrepancy on one, the whole page name, went out. There, and that way they'd get rid of nine guys that there was nothing wrong with because they found something that they could quibble with over one. And uh, that's it, what the Supreme Court should be looking into. Yeah, it, it was it was low. It was very low. You know. I mean, what and unsurprising because the and all due respect, there are a lot of people that are in government who just can't stand the idea of not being in government anymore. (laughs) 
Yeah, those are called the Democrats, aren't they? <laughs> well, unfortunately, you know, when you get one party rule, and we have we have had a swing, and not just in my lifetime, but I mean in the last like five years, we've had a swing from being practically all Democrat state to practically all Republican state. And I look at what's been going on in things like the Ecclesia scandal. I don't think that our level of corruption's gone down a tad. But I will say this: I'm, I'm ashamed to say that. I would like people, to believe. But the people, I don't think the voters have actually changed. They changed parties, just like we had legislators change party. Mm-hmm. But the morals and the, the core values of our Kansans have been pretty consistent for a long time. You know, before, I, as I was walking away from the Capitol, <coughs> heavily over here, I met Representative Vivian Flowers. And, of course, Vivian is one mm-hmm. of the most liberal uh, representatives we had. That's an understatement. But a nice lady. <laughs> and, you know, we talked about uh, issue four, the casinos. Mm-hmm. And Vivian is very concerned that all Arkansas counties are going to be able to vote to force casinos into her county. And she opposes that strongly, as do I, on several levels. But, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about what the core values of Arkansas, Arkansans are. And sometimes they do cross over parties. And I, you know, Vivian was talking about, our representative Flowers was talking about, uh, the pastors in their community and the people of their community and how concerned they were over not just the financial incentives these casinos are getting, but also the morals of what's going on and the core values of that community. And that's a big issue. And I, you know, I hope uh, it gets voted down in the state and we'll just have a few more days and we'll see no there's more reason to vote that down than just gambling absolutely i can think of a lot of reasons to vote it down but you brought up uh, an excellent one yesterday and that is we shouldn't be enshrining any special interests under the constitution if you wanted to say the government has nothing to do with gambling pro or con it's not in our interest to even take notice of it well you know i could at least think about voting for that that's right but but to say this guy gets to have power over making money in this county and that guy gets to have power over making money in this other county that's just that's just wrong that's as wrong as uh, when they were trying to well just about as wrong as when the people of arkansas voted for medical marijuana saying well we got to take two or three years to figure out which five guys get the privilege of making all the money from growing it Mm -hmm. let's take a break i've got larry i think it's larry witherspoon who's on the line wants to talk about an issue what do you got larry hey dave um Y'all were talking a few minutes. I'm, I'm I'm listening on the computer, so I don't know how far behind I am. But y'all were talking about. I think it's issue three about the reform of the of the uh, term limits and yes, all sir. that. Yes, sir. And how they were throwing names out. My understanding is our Republicans put this legislation together, which basically uh, takes power away from us, the people. And so this is a very important question. I'm I'm so fed up with some of them, it's not funny. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you I'm not voting for a Democrat. But why should I vote for a Republican? Why should I vote for these guys that are doing this stuff to us when this issue has been voted on three different times, passed every time with flying colors, and then they sneak this stuff in behind us? No, you're talking, about, like issue, you're talking about issue three. When, that John Woods wrote, well, along with, uh, by the way, uh, Saban, who's now running for mayor of Little Rock. Keep Little Rock people keep that in mind. By the way, 
Sure, and David, I'll, yeah. I'll respond to that. And I appreciate your concern yeah. and share your passion for what yeah, you're let saying. Me, uh, let me get off the phone where I can listen to you. Okay, okay. that's good, Larry. Okay, thanks and for thanks calling in. Appreciate it. Uh-huh. And we share the compassion and the passion for the what the caller was discussing about that issue. I think that again goes back to the core issues of and the core values of Arkansans. You know, we want honest government, Democrat or Republican. Uh, you know, on the tort reform and on the term limits, you can't vote for somebody just based upon their party. Now, I know the co- there are differences in our platforms, and you need to take that into consideration. Uh, but when you look at the core values of Republicans, you still have to look at the people's voting record, the legislators' voting record. What have they said on in public? What do they support? And make your decisions based upon that. You know, I had a very uh, contested primary race up in Jonesboro and it was all with my opponent was a Dr. Cole Peck and they lied and he finally admitted on the paper in the Jonesboro Sun that he had lied in the campaign uh, and misrepresented my position but the voters knew me and knew what my positions were so when we have an educated electorate people that investigate the issues, attend the meetings, I think eventually we're going to win, just as issue three was pulled down off the ballot. It's just another example of how the truth will win, and Arkansas core values uh, will win over time. Now, that uh, whole purpose for issue three was because of this other constitutional amendment that practically double term limits. Wasn't that a Republican legislature yes. that put that out with, was the, the with the fake ballot title to yep. fool people into thinking that it was establishing term limits when it was really doubling them? And brought it up brought it up at the very end of the session, too, True. so they could push it through uh, without giving people time to really it read dark, it. It was a dark, dark day in Arkansas Republican history, I think. Well, if anything makes us feel better about it, the person, or at least one half of the people who wrote that, is in jail. Eighteen years. Good riddance. That makes me feel pretty good. At, at least, a, at least that's deterrent. the kind of term limit that I want the guy to have. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to. I agree. That's the kind of term limit, and that's the kind of things that cause us to have more confidence. It took some time, but eventually, the people that were breaking the law and did not have the interest had their own interest ahead of the interest of Arkansans. Eventually, they'll pay the price for that, and I believe that's true. All right, we got to get a break in, guys. We'll come back. We're going to talk some more. Jan Morgan is on her way. Big news today. Uh, it's about a crime lord who's dead now. Whitey Bolger was killed in prison today in West Virginia. Somebody made their bones, so to speak, on his uh, on his back, so to speak. I'm surprised he lasted that long. And I agree, because whoever is trying to get power in Boston wanted him out of the way there's no doubt all right quick break aero plumbing don't forget about them been using them for 15 years aero plumbing take good care of you come dressed as a professional no more pencil holder for you when they're working that's not going to happen anymore uh they got their 100 percent satisfaction guarantee if you're not 100 percent satisfied with their service that they've uh, performed for you they'll refund all of your money if the plumber smokes in your house you'll get your money back. If they swear in your home, they'll give you your money back. If they don't wear their little booties over their shoes, they're going to give you your money back. You don't pay for the service in those instances. And if a repair fails in the first year, they repair it again at no charge. That's Aero Plumbing. 
To get a hold of them, aeroplumbing.net, or just go on Google and hit Aero Plumbing. All right, for you who have been listening on your radio, you didn't hear anything we just said, although all the people watching Facebook Live did get a whole earful of some of the things we were talking about, about the mayoral race here in Little Rock. And, and the up Secret Service are on their way. Yeah, the Secret Service will want to talk to me <laughs> uh, because of something that I was kidding about. But, uh, yeah, it's it, it's amazing to me what, what's going on uh, with the th- – look, both of you are about the same age as I am. All right, I'm 65, and I think both of you are just a tad older than I am. <laughs> tad. True, tad. Less than two years. But the bottom line is you could not have convinced me that we'd be talking and fighting off – some of the things that we're fighting off now in this country. You feel that way? I mean, someone asked me, this was several months back, <clears throat> what my father would be thinking about <clears throat> the way the country has gone. My father fought with George Patton, Battle of the Bulge. Mine did with Nimitz. And I, and I said, my dad would be cleaning his M1 again yeah, because know. he fought against socialists. There were, when you hear a lot of talk now about unity, back in the days you're talking about, everyone agreed on what unity meant. Love for your country, love for God, care for your family. Yes. And now that we don't, we can't unify around those core biblical values that held our nation together. And so when I hear everyone calling for unity, and they, they really stretch it when they call, let's just have civility. We can't even be civil. But all of those principles are based upon godly foundations, and if we can't unify around godly principles, then we will never achieve the unity that we need to move forward. Yeah, let's not forget in in Tampa Bay when the when the uh, the Democrats had their uh, big uh, it wasn't it wasn't in Tampa Bay. Where was it? Where were they having that was. The Republicans had theirs in Tampa Bay. Where did Democrats have theirs at? Republicans were in Cleveland last year. You must be talking about further back. Yeah, I'm talking about the uh, Republican uh, for Romney, Republican National Convention. That was in Tampa because I was there. I forget where the Democrats were at, but you will remember that they, they came. It was only because of whoever was at the podium at the time and had, they had the hammer that they didn't drop God. Yes, from, I remember that. From their uh you know what what they believed in. And there was no doubt that the votes were there as you know I to get rid of God, you know, and the guy said, well the or the nays, eyes uh, have it. You you go back and watch the YouTube and tell me if that's I, what happened. I think our friend hits on a really critical uh idea in this whole political debate that we're having because you can't unify around God and country if you don't believe in God. And if the country is nothing but either a place that you live or a place that's going to supply you with free stuff, that's not country in the sense that we think of it. But our country was founded with a belief in God as a part of the core values of the United States. We didn't require religious uniformity, but 
and, and we didn't even require belief in God by any means, but we did have a country that was founded on a shared belief in God. And as I'm sure you know, our second president, John Adams, once told uh, in correspondence uh, someone that the Constitution of the United States was written for a moral and religious purpose, mm-hmm. or excuse me, it was written for a moral and religious people, people. Mm-hmm. and and would be suitable to no other. And as the philosophy embraced by the Democrats of socialism and godlessness, continue, as exemplified by their attitudes towards abortion, becomes more and more in the mainstream, and Christian values become more and more a minority to be persecuted for not going along the way these cake makers and and pizza makers are that want to stand up for Christian biblical values, the less suitable our Constitution will be for our governance and the less chance there will be for us to come together in civility or unity in order to move the country forward. I think the the, the Christian – community our, our god community whether it's the jews or the christians or the catholics whomever you know we have uh, allowed government to usurp our author our authority and opportunity to uh, convert people to um, good moral ways of life you know, the christians and the other churches uh, and people of let me call them people of faith people of faith have allowed the government to come in and take over the things at one time back in our fathers and grandfathers era you know your community took care of people your local faith community took care of people and as the government came in we were very comfortable in allowing that to move away and we're going to have to get our faith community back more engaged in our community more willing to invest financially in the goodness of our communities well i gotta tell you like i was saying about my father and i and i was saying that if somebody asked him what he thought about what's happening in washington today that he'd, he'd be, be cleaning he'd only be cleaning his m1 and the reason being that he had just helped defeat hitler and that's socialism through and through it's nationalist socialism of course and uh I got to believe my father does roll in his grave when people who are, are avowed socialists yeah. stand up in the well of the House or the Senate of this country and promote those ideas. And, and Dave, if you'll allow me to correct something I said earlier in my previous rant, I was talking about Christian values yes. and, and, and our Christian heritage, and, and I would have been more accurate and, and uh, more in tune with the ecumenical uh, values of our country if I'd said Judeo-Christian yes. values, because I'd like to hasten to say right. that uh, while Jews have been a very small part of our population, population from the very beginning. They have been a part of our population from the very beginning, and they've been a very important and very worthwhile part of our population and our civilization. And anyone who wants to try and and make any disparagement of the Jewish people or attack on the Jewish people, either verbally or, uh, in, or in writing or much less the type of violent horrors that have been witnessed within the last few days. There's nothing Christian about that. There's nothing American about that. I don't see how anybody can have so perverted an idea of what America is as to think that there's anything American or Christian or righteous in holding our Jewish brethren and neighbors in anything but respect as our fellow citizens. Now, 
let me just say this if if you're christian and you're an anti-semite you're a dichotomy that can't exist for the simple reason as i tell people here on the show many times and i do it this way jesus was a jew uh, and the practicing one too. Uh, yeah i wanted to make sure that you understood that and that paul talked about how we had all been brought into the vine of, of judea uh, judeo belief here here that's the whole key you can take you if you get rid of jesus being a jew doesn't bother the, the jewish religion at all but christianity disappears folks mm-hmm. yeah that, you know, one thing simple. the president has done, you can question whether or not he's a man of faith, pick any faith, whether he is one, but he certainly recognized the place that faith held holds in our nation. Yes. He recognized what faith did to our Constitution and with our founders and what the faith community does, be they Jewish or Christian or, or any of the others. They, president Trump has stood up for him courageously. And it's time that our faith community stand up courageously. We've got an opportunity on November 6th to make a strong statement and a courageous statement about what we support and what we don't support. So, again, I just encourage all of the folks uh, listening to not only go vote, but get people out to go vote. And let's stand up with courage and conviction for what our nation was founded in and the principles where we stand. I would agree with that 100%. All right, let's get another break in. Jan Morgan should be here in the very near future, unless she got a ticket. (laughs) Uh, She may be sitting on the side of the road talking to state policemen right now. But uh, know that there's no more produce to sell from Holland Bottom Farm. As I said, we all were like a band of locusts. We've picked their fields clean, just so you'll know. And they've had a great year, and they really appreciate that. Tomorrow is their last day. They do still have some pumpkins or mums, some corn stalks, some straw. If you need things for decorations. But other than that, uh, the cupboard, as they say, is bare. And after uh, Wednesday, after tomorrow, the next day uh, that they'll open is when it's just a few days for the strawberries to appear again in the fields of Hollenbottom. And that's when heaven smiles down on me. All right. So keep that in mind, Holland Bottom Farm, Highway 321 in Cabot. Wanted to make sure that you knew and remembered about them. All right, so let's talk about uh, the migrant invasion that's about ready to start. Did you hear Obama last night? He was, I forget where he was speaking, I think in Florida maybe, and uh, made the statement, you're all afraid of all these poor indigent people coming to America, it's not that I'm afraid of them. It's that they sh- nobody should be able to just walk across our borders and you say. You may not be afraid of the punk know, downtown who'd like to come and break into your house and steal your TV either, but that doesn't mean you'd welcome them in. That's correct. Absolutely. And I'm, you know, the president has some things to say about that, and we'll get to that in, in a few <coughs> moments. Uh, but uh, I just wanted to get your guys' take on this. I. I have been trying to make the illustration for people. This, as far as I'm concerned, would be if somebody called me up on my phone and said, uh, Dave Ellswick, I said, yeah, uh, my, uh, myself, my wife, and my family, and I've got, you know, uh, my wife's mother and my father and a few cousins, you know, and our, our, our kids, 
we're going to be at your house here in maybe a month, and we're going to live with you. And uh, we expect you to feed us. We expect you to pay for our children's uh, education, pay for our medicines, uh, take, uh, take good care of us. And I go, wait a second. I didn't ask you to come. Oh, that doesn't matter. You know, I want to come. So because I want to come, you have to take me in. It's pretty crazy. And that is exactly what these people are saying to us. Exactly. And and also, you know, I think the the fear factor you talked about, I don't know many of us that are truly afraid, but we do want to stand for what's right. We want to stand for our liberty. You know, I I mentioned before the show started that we found over 18,000 people that we're getting Medicaid in multiple states. Our state cannot afford, and Arkansas pays for that. We can't, Arkansas has borders because that's important to how we run our state, how we finance our state, what benefits are available, what people can and can't do. When we have people moving into our nation under that same premise that what's yours is, what's yours is yours and what, what's mine is yours too. Yeah. What's yours is mine as well. yours is mine. And that's that's never been a principle that that we've lived by. But that's exactly what they're saying, and people have to understand that. We may be thousands of miles away from where they're going to come across because the way it's looking, they're going to come across through Tijuana and then down in Southern California. Uh, I mean, one of them. It's going to be a multiple-pronged, I'm sure. But when when they come across, they take... Our taxes, our money. And the media is really downplaying this whole thing right now. Oh, yeah. You know, Dave, my friends who are liberal accuse me of getting all my news from Fox News, which obviously isn't true. I mean, I listen to NPR every morning. And when I'm watching Fox News in the morning, I'll also flip around and see what's on the other channels. Fox News was was analyzing, you know, upcoming congressional and Senate races. Said, I wonder what's on CNN. I flipped over. CNN was blaming the president for the pipe bomb, or no, for these, blaming the president for the pipe bombings and the Jewish killings in Pittsburgh. That was all his fault because of his rhetorics. But I said, well, I wonder what the idiots on MSNBC are saying. So I flipped over to the Pigeon Sisters, and those guys, they're they're talking about how there was a complete uh, there was a complete right-wing conspiracy to make this caravan seem like a big deal in order to help Republicans during the election. Because they said, there are no terrorists in there. There are no bad elements in there. Says they hadn't proved there are any MSM-13 members in there. You couldn't get that big a bunch of Hispanics together without there being some in there today. They're scattered all over the country already. But this is a major, major problem that we're facing. And Dave, I may not be as good on on some of the issues and some of the modern stuff as a lot of your highly educated guests, but one thing I'll bet you hadn't had anybody in this chair uh, all year that knows more about than me is the Roman Empire and the history. That's correct. The history of the the Latin and Hellenistic 
predecessors to in the Roman Empire. I've studied that for 50 years plus. And I want to tell you that there is a important parallel because some people want to say that the Roman Empire fell because they had lead pots and it caused their fertility rates to go down. No, some right. people said that the Roman Empire fell because of Christianity made them soft and those mean barbarians were able to push them around. None of that's true, Dave. I'm here to tell you that the reason the Roman Empire fell, the greatest guarantor of peace that the world had ever seen up to that time, and the most powerful and important civilization in that part of the world, the reason it fell is because large hordes of unassimilable peoples were pouring across their borders, and they lost control of their borders. Mm -hmm. There was a time when they had control of the Danube and Rhine frontiers. Then they got too big. Well, no, the this is spread out. But but they were that spread out for hundreds of years. They were already to the Danube and and the Rhine frontiers by the time of the first emperor Augustus. But when they fell was because they got to a point where they could no longer defend those frontiers mm-hmm. and they had large numbers of people that were migrating looking for a better life, looking for more prosperity, looking for some of that happiness and streets of gold that they had in the Roman Empire compared to out in the uh, wildernesses that were then Germany and Romania and Poland. Instead, they wanted some of that good stuff that they heard about in the Roman Empire, and they wanted to come in and take it. And there were barbarian hordes that poured over the borders that they were militarily unable to stop, and that is why the Roman Empire fell. Now, it may be cruel to compare some of our South American neighbors to barbarians, but you read about the situation in Honduras, those people wouldn't be fleeing if the conditions they were in were not so barbaric, but they're bringing with them the very seeds of the problems that they have. And we can't expect to let large hordes come in who are waving the Nicaraguan flag, waving the Guatemalan flag, waving the Honduras flag, and burning the American flag, and expect those people are going to come in here and be good Americans and assimilate to our civilization. They're going to be like those hordes that broke across the borders of the Roman Empire and set up their own little kingdoms within the country and and operated out of there to destroy it. You know, don't, don't argue with with Carl <laughs> about this. I'm telling you, he knows more about it than just about anybody I've ever come into contact with. You know, we can we can talk about what the problem is. I think we there's a pretty good consensus, at least here at this table, on what the problem is, and probably most of your listeners. What do y'all? So what what do we do now? We repel them at the border. There'll be another wave come and another wave come you know, at some point do we as a nation have an obligation to go into those countries and help uh, help those countries be self-sustaining uh, I don't think we have a financial kind of like, like we're kind of like we're doing for Afghanistan well I was, was going to say I don't think we can pour money into that that's proven it doesn't work did we not uh, try that with Tehran in Iran Yes, and it doesn't work. I agree with that. And I guess that's one of the points I'm trying to make. What At what point do we say you're on your own, or what point do we say, uh, you know, we're going to provide these basic services? To me, the question of unity and peace and people working together, again, just falls back to an issue of faith. If we're going to export things into other nations and bring about peaceful nations that's what we export 
you can't buy those values. You can't ship them in a container. Those are people-to-people issues. But until we export those and until we really invest in those uh, those quality issues of life for people, those nations are not going to change either. Sending our troops there, sending them a plane full of money or gold, that doesn't help. It's, it's getting people to realize what the core values of life are. All right. Got to get a break. Top of the hour news is on its way. Well just said. remember, just remember the people that are coming from down in Central America are not marching behind an American flag. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be Americans. They're just trying to escape from bad conditions. Got more coming your way when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. The numbers just go nuts. We're back. Okay. Yeah, we could give you those. Grab the ones that Dan was using. Jan has gotten here. She didn't get wet. And what happened just a moment ago, so you know, because I need to explain what, what's been going on for about I can the, tell them what happened. the last 20 minutes. Well, I told Jan that she could park anywhere in the parking area. She thought that meant the lobby as well. <laughs> and so she rode, she rode her motorcycle into the lobby, and uh, the, that... Uh, that Harley she rides it potato 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 you know that you get with makes that. a lot of noise yeah. big rumble yeah it started it started the uh, fire alarm here at the uh, I'm sorry about that the building. I didn't know it was going to shake the whole building when I pulled up okay, I thought you were so just we kidding <laughs> got no. everything going yes so, but what a great ride it was today it's beautiful yeah. weather outside oh man what 80 degrees close it's to 80 it. right now yeah 80 and very degrees. humid yeah but that's all right that's all right humidity's okay you get now, were you keeping the speed limit? I'm sure you didn't. You know, I, I don't want to talk about that. I got I got stopped on the way up here. That's I what I I said Dave on called the air. It. I said I, I said Jan's a little late getting well, here. She's he, probably sitting on the side, side of, the of the road talking to a state police officer. It wasn't a state police officer, but not. I did get stopped. No, here's the deal. That V rod. <laughs> let me let me explain. It's not my fault. The V rod is the fastest motorcycle that Harley makes. Okay, okay? and it's a Porsche. Porsche designed the engine, and so that ex- that should ex- you you're just riding along cruising. And all of a sudden, you look down, and it's like. Going real fast. Yeah. You, yeah. And you don't realize it. There's certain cars so, that are that way. Right. So right. how fast were you going? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but I didn't get a ticket. It's okay. Well, I got, I got a warning. Well, so. they saw your gun. I could have predicted that. <laughs> I, I'm not going to comment. Gonna this is a gun-free I zone. This building laugh. is, right? I got it. Right. Supposedly. Yeah, supposedly. <laughs> I just bit <laughs> off the funniest joke that I could have told all day. I think I need to go lock the back door now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but anyway, you want to we see the coolest the bike ever. It's out, out in the parking I'm lot. I'm take a look Harley at it Harley Davidson B-Rod. Okay. Porsche. But here's the key. Yes. The, the, the alarm went off, mm-hmm. and there's no way you can ignore that fire alarm no oh my god that thing is loud it gives me hope that i'm not that i know that i am not totally deaf yet at 65 and everybody but you ran out of the building i mean I, there were all, everyone else was outside yeah when i, I know. pulled up. <laughs> were you just going to stay in here and go Russ, down with the building like got, a captain Russ, of the ship or we what we got down to the fifth floor yeah that's as far as we got and, and then so, i was the crazy one that followed dave back up to the <laughs> studio with the alarm some lady going. said we're coming back up because they told us downstairs is false alarm. that's all i need to hear i'm done mm-hmm. i'm coming back i want to be on the air with my listeners so we're back with you. You were listening to the first hour when you joined us here for the second hour because we had a fire alarm here at the station, and our 
HR person came down and said, you got to leave. Mm-hmm. you got to leave. And I was like, we no, We always I do what HR says, leave. don't we, Dave? Yeah, yeah. well, you know I do. <laughs> well, next time when I come on the Harley, I'll we're park it down the street free. so it yeah, won't make right. the building shake and set off the alarm. Then we'll be okay. I wish I could say that. <laughs> I'm just telling you, Carl, I wish I could say that I'm harassment-free. I've been told. Certified. They've been, well, I've had a couple of letters Certifiable? written on me. Yeah, I'm. Anyway, that's another whole topic. I bet you got a thick jacket. (laughs) I got thick skin. A lot of other people don't. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. All right, so let's talk about the migrant invasion. Because I call it an invasion. That's yes, what it, it is. is. Well, because they're waving flags of other countries. Doesn't and, it? Doesn't and, and they say no matter what, they're going to come through. And even though Mexico is offering them free food, jobs, jobs educating their kids. And, and, and the United yeah. States has said, we are not going to grant you asylum if you cross over the border. So you need to, if you want to, if you want to come to the United States, you need to stay over there and apply like everyone else. Because there's a line to get in here. Let's, uh, here, I'll let the president say it all. Uh, cut number four for us there, Russ. You on the campaign trail? He's, he was in Wisconsin. How, how are his crowds? Yeah, Wisconsin. Uh, he's going to Florida this week, and he brought up the issue of the caravan, and he said the following: They're trying to convince everybody to be afraid of a bunch of impoverished, malnourished refugees a thousand miles away. That, that's the that's the thing that that is the most important thing in this election. Not health care, not not uh, you know, whether or not folks are, are able to retire. Suddenly, doesn't do so well without a teleprompter. We don't even know where they are. They're way down there. <laughs> don't fall for that kind of fear mongering. We're scaremongering people on the border. Yeah. Well, he's trying to do the opposite. Uh, it's the problem with our country. When you look at. That caravan, and you look largely very, you know, big percentage of men, young, strong, a lot of bad people, a lot of bad people in there, people that are in gangs. We don't want them in this country. If they want to come into the country, you have to apply like other people. We have millions of people coming in. They're applying. They're coming in legally. We have a very strong border. I called up the military. This caravan is not. They're wasting their time. They are not coming What's into the country. What's the military going to be able to do? Obama, They'll be uh, able Obama to do and fine. Bush both sent the National Guard. But it had no effect. Then I mean, this is the, I'm sending up the military. This is the military. And they're standing there. And one thing that will happen. No lethal force. When they're no. captured, we don't let them out. What has been happening, and we're not as of pretty recently, we're not letting them out. What happens is they would catch and release. We're catching. We're not releasing. So if they want to come over, but we're not even doing that. We're not letting them into this country. We're not going to let gang members. But what if they're applying for asylum? Isn't the law because Congress didn't If they apply the for asylum, we're going to hold them until such time as their trial Where? takes place. Where? Do we have the facilities? We're going to put up. We're going to build tent cities. We're going to put tents up all over the place. We're not going to build structures and spend all of this, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. We're going to have tents. They're going to be very nice. And they're going to wait. And if they don't get asylum, they get out. And very few people, they don't actually, if you want to wait, they don't usually get asylum. You know that. 80%. The problem is they release them in and then they have the trial three years later and nobody shows up. But we are going to, unlike Obama and unlike others, we are going to take the people, we're going to put them in and they're going to wait. And you know what? Two things happen. When they find out that that happens, you're going to have far fewer people come up. And also, President Obama separated children from parents. Nobody talks about this. So the judge about came it. along and said, can't no, no. do it. He separated. No, President Obama separated. No, in the beginning. 
Okay, just so we all understand. What is going on with Laura okay. Ingram? Mm-hmm. Shut up! Dave, Sextus Pompilius has been lying to the voters in this upcoming election by trying to convince the people that that poor, impoverished horde of Visigoths <laughs> who are only looking for a better life might possibly come in and destroy our glorious Roman Empire. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and you know how many of those uh, that were coming into America for a better life were actually apprehended in Honduras because they were ISIS uh, members. So. There was there was one guy I was interviewed yesterday on TV in that caravan, and he had already been deported from the United States mm-hmm. for murder, mm-hmm. and he's on his way back in that caravan. But we have nothing to worry about. From yeah, those he hasn't people. done enough. You know what's inter- irritating to me? Lust. Do you ever? You, sometimes I venture off of my favorite conservative channel and watch what the far left media outlets do. I know I have, but you, ha- I you have to keep an eye on your wall. enemies. You have to Amen. watch. You have to know what they're telling people because yeah. that's the reason we're up against this this radical left <laughs> is because they're being brainwashed by the media that they watch. 24-7. But, but yes, but what they show on their live shots from the caravans is women and children, mm-hmm. you know, starving, uh, needing comfort, you know, sleeping on the streets. They're trying to make their way to America for a better life. What they don't show is all the men behind them, those strong, young men what i want to know is right here exactly what i want to know is if if those people all those thousands of people have put as much energy into taking back their own country instead of coming here and invading ours they would have a country worth staying in amen and you know there's this country i heard about and they got tired of this other government keeping them down and Keeping, you know, putting troops in their houses. Were they houses allowed to have their that. own guns? Yeah, they they had their own guns, and and they repelled them and threw them out, and they became the United States of mm-hmm. America. That's right. I mean, that's how we got what we have. Yeah, it's kind of like when you see the bum on the street wanting a handout, say, "Well, gee, if I got a dollar in my pockets because I had to go to work this morning." So, what do you think the military is going to do on the border? Everybody's wondering we'll talk about that. what are they going to do. I got to get ready for the news. We got the news coming up, and we come back first of all. I'll let the president tell us that this is an invasion of our country, and uh, then we'll talk about the military because I'm a little bit concerned about that as well. Because I believe the left wants to see a lot of dead people. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Everybody's been watching us in uh, on Facebook and getting more education than the people are that are listening on the radio. If you can, you need to watch Facebook. I'm just telling you, you're going to learn a lot of stuff during the breaks. Like our friend uh, Martin, we just absolutely need to educate our yes. listeners, don't we? Then? Yes, he does. He needs to Plus, the cool us. thing about Facebook is not only can you hear, like on the radio, but you can also see the people on the set. That, that's true. Some is, of us are more worth seeing than others. It can be entertaining. That's why we have her in the middle today. <laughs> Thank you. In, in my motorcycle Zero attire. In. Yes. Yes. You're looking great. Thank you. All right. Let's hear again from and the president. Bet, and I'd have bet money that that guy would have let you off without a ticket. <laughs> he was very nice. He was very nice. Considering. You're blushing, Carl. <laughs> All right. It's, let's get to But go. I was very respectful. You know, I respect law enforcement, and I'm always respectful. <laughs> Look how ready he is. You know, apologizing, about the joke apologizing helps. You know, if you look at an officer and you're sincere, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I was going that fast. And, you know, I really am sorry. Yes. I have no true. excuse. It wouldn't have worked no, for me. 
If you just don't, don't lie, don't make an excuse, just be honest. I wasn't right. paying attention. So. Cut five, Trump talking about this being an invasion of our country. Mm-hmm. When you look at that, thousands of people, somebody said, you know, now on that one, they build it down. I'm pretty good at figuring out how many people. Thousands and thousands of people on the bridge. When you looked at that bridge loaded up with people, that's called an invasion of our country. Enough said. Mm-hmm. I can leave it right there. Enough said there. I mean, that's why I call it an, an invasion as well. Here's why I really call it an invasion because they're not asking to come to our country. They say they're coming whether we like it or not. Which is why this is so dangerous, Dave. If we do not respond to this appropriately, this will set a precedent that Amen. we will not be able yep. to retract. Yep. We've got mm-hmm. to show people around the world that this is not how you gain entry to America, that you can't just bulldoze your way in, that we have a border just like other countries do, and that anything less than that, and when you've been warned and you invade, there needs to be some dire consequences. You're right, Jan. If if we don't do something to stop this one, there will be more and more and more, just like the Visigoths getting in, open mm-hmm. the door for the Ostrogoths, yeah. open the door for the Vandals, open the door for the Allens and the Suevi. The United States gotta, goes the way of the Roman early. Empire. i got to take you back earlier in the show as uh, Carl drew a, <clears throat> a direct comparison between the fall of the Roman Empire mm-hmm. and what is happening on our borders now. Right. I, I, I can see that. So yeah. what do you think the president's going to do? Because well, Laura Ingram asked him last night. She said, so we're not going to use lethal force? Mm-hmm. I mean, what what are we going to do here? Well, that, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the only uh, – he has said that he's going to set up tent cities. He's going to corral Okay, oh, you see people. the liberals now. They're going to they're gonna cry over that. That's oh, not, sure. That's not appropriate. They're already they talking will. about it over not on Not near CNN as much as they're going to cry if somebody see, like gets Sheriff shot. Like Sheriff Arpaio, you know, the 10 cities. They're just not – but these people, the, the conditions they're living was, in now. But look, he didn't say he was going to feed them bologna sandwiches, and he didn't say he was going to make them wear pink underwear. He just said – we're going to put nice tent cities up, and we're going to keep them there. Why are we there. even doing that? Well, you got to do something. No, we don't. We don't I mean, have to let them in. The way you defend the border is by repelling invasions, not by saying, oh, come on in, we got a tent for you. Okay. Because I guarantee you that if they're not shooting anybody and this horde arrives and they say, come on in, no, here's no, no, a nice no. I don't tent think for you, I don't think they're going to overrun the I tents and keep right on do. going. That would be a mistake. I think that they – you know, the U.N. has already been sending <clears throat> the tents. They're, they're coming. Uh, I think they should be set up in Mexico, personally. And then, Well, that's what I thought they were going to do. He was not, he's not going to let them cross over into the United correct. States, they're period. Because they're not, he said no more catch and release. That's exactly right. And they'll keep uh, them there until they've checked them they out. But have they stopped catch and release yet? Well, they... They this talked the per- about it. This is the perfect time to do this. Uh, we, you know, that's one of the promises that the president made that he's reiterated and reiterated. But I don't think we've stopped catching no, we and have releasing not. yet. And it, and you can't catch judges, and release seven thousand people from yeah. not doing it. Our founding fathers would roll over in their graves at our lack of grit. intestinal fortitude. I, I was trying to think of a nice way to say it. But yes, they would. Because we've, we've come to the point, and they've seen this in other countries too, if they just trample down the fences and just barge into these other countries, that nobody has the guts to say this is an invasion and, and treat it as such, which means use of force. Uh, 
I say you don't use, maybe you don't use live ammo, but you use rubber bullets. You ever been hit by a rubber bullet? How about fire hoses? And I think they need riot Hose hoses. Them down. Something. I think you need to try to use non-lethal force, but it, you know, if oh, you if got... they rush and But if you, you got, got 7,000 people coming? making a charge across the border... Yeah. Then, you know, I'm afraid all the fire hoses and rubber and bullets have gotten aren't going to stop the invasion. As we were leaving to take the break, I made mention, I do believe the left wants to see <clears throat> dead people. And the, one, the ones they really want to see dead are women and children. Yeah. Yes, they do. Because yeah. that's going to make their story better. That, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But that's Do not going to happen. It, it, that's not going to happen in time for them to benefit in this election. No, no. no. But Americans have to understand that that could happen. You go, you're going to have the United States military on the border. Period. Yeah. And you know the lock and load it. The Democrats' policies, like catch and release, and and all of the incredibly foolish border policies that we've had, and all the ways in which the Democrats, for their own electoral gain, have been encouraging illegal immigration for decades now. Because that's their voting block. Mm-hmm. Because you know the- when you're when you're when you're agenda is not acceptable by the people and the people realize that what you're putting out there is not going to work for our government then you have to bring in another voting block who just wants the freebies and that's why they want all of these illegals in our country okay so let's and they ask, want them to have voting let's rights. ask the listeners what should our military do eight two three zero zero nine five eight two three zero zero nine five should they use lethal force if necessary same for you watching uh, right now on facebook there's hundreds of you watching one eight hundred one five oh one eight two three zero zero nine five you call us and you tell us should our military be willing to use lethal force if it becomes necessary i mean we know there's ms-13 and others in these groups do we open fire if necessary? And Middle Easterners as well. Stephanie yeah. Martinez is saying fire hoses or catapult. Um, so, yeah. Catapult, put them on it and shoot them back? Right. Whatever. It, that's what Stephanie Martinez of <laughs> Hot like Springs, Arkansas. Python is. Thing. Yes. Uh, Amy Joe Freeman's on, and uh, she's. I'm, I'm waiting to hear what she has to say because, you know, Amy, she's military. So Come on, Amy. What, what do you, you think? <laughs> Tell us. She'll be here Thursday. She'll tell me then for sure on the air. While we're waiting for people to answer that, did you see all of the the talk today about the funeral in Pennsylvania, the funerals and and the president and the president and the first lady? He's in in Pittsburgh right now. Could you believe the people, some of the family members saying they did not want him there? They're not under any obligation to have them if they really feel that way. It's a shame, though, that if any other president had tried to make a gesture like this, no other president would have gotten the disrespect that this one's had. No, and how in any way can you blame President Trump? It's like everything bad that happens in America, the left wants to blame the president. And and to claim he's anti-Semitic is insane. Yeah, let me prove that they blame Trump for all of this. Uh, CNN had Julia Lafay on. She's a writer for GQ and writes for other magazines as well. I want you to listen to what she said. Now, she apologized for this later again in the show. But here's what she had to say about the president. This is cut number seven. 
one of the things that he really launched his presidential run on is talking about Islamic radicalization. And this president has radicalized so many more people than ISIS ever did. I mean, the way he talks, Stop the way that he, right there. the way he, let me say that. Let me repeat what she just said, that this president has radicalized more people than ISIS has. Bat guano crazy. Yeah. Is that not the most ridiculous statement you've ever... You know, then she came back and, and took it back, all right? You know, I used to think that George W. Bush made the lefties and the Democrats crazy. But this is whole new levels oh, of yeah. insanity. I mean, these people have lost touch with reality. Okay, just well, the so whole, you don't the think whole radicalized ahead. thing came from this—the fact that he it was over the nationalist statement. You know, the left wants to put the word "white" in front of that and say he's he he is radicalized and made people. He's for the white nationalist movement, yeah. and he's he, you know. And then they wanted to ask him, so what is your definition of a nationalist? Because yeah, your favorite columnist, Brumboy, the second most preposterous. <laughs> Are you going to give him airtime? No, don't, don't validate him by giving him guy in, in the newspaper is essentially saying the same thing that you were saying that he's blaming him for using any time he uses the word nationalist. He automatically reads if it's Trump saying it, he reads white nationalist into it. Well, let me, so let me you ask can't you say this. you're for America this without is, saying you're for white America. Right. This is what I don't understand. Of course, the president talked about what he meant by nationalist. He just meant America first. Yeah. America before any other country. That's what nationalist means in, in when he uses it, when he says, I'm a nationalist. Okay. But but the word white nationalist, the, the Democrats Democrats who berate him and say he means white nationalists and he's radicalized these these far right people to to commit crimes and just, you know, act ridiculous. What I don't understand is if that were true, which it's not, why is it okay for us to have a black congressional caucus? (laughs) <laughs> but it's not okay for us to have a white nationalist. I, you know, to me, anytime put the color of a person's skin on any organization, that discredits it instantly. Mm. So why is it okay that we have a black chamber of commerce? We have a black congressional caucus. We have a black Miss America. Can you imagine if the white people did the same thing? The outrage that there would be from the left? None of us should be doing it. There shouldn't be any organization that has the color of a person's skin attached to it in any way. Well, you know, uh, this goes back even further. Last year when they had that horrible incident in Charlottesville, uh, when mm-hmm. the president made his very inartful statement about there being good people on both sides, yes. I knew what he meant. He was talking about the whole controversy started because they wanted to take down a historical statue. Mm-hmm. And there are people that wanted to take that historical statue down because they hate what it stands for and people that wanted to leave it up because they love their heritage. Mm-hmm. And when he said there are good people on both sides, he obviously was talking about good people on both sides of the idea of whether or not we should take confederate statues down but every single news person in the world it seemed like interpreted that as saying there were good people in the white nationalist group that was the small part of the whole demonstration so Uh, come on let me let me tell you the news media knew exactly what he meant because i've been in the media they, they were looking they hang on his every word to see if they can find anything that they can use anything they can misconstrue to make him into a racist here's what webster says What is a nationalist? A member of a political party or group advocating national independence 
or strong national government. It has nothing to do with race. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do that you love your country and you love what it's and you love the Constitution. You'd be a nationalist, right? But Which is a be- lot of, of the of the movement behind the Confederate statues. It's not that the people that want to keep up the Confederate statues are racist. Most of the people I know, including myself, that looks at our that, – that's a part of our history. And whether it was a good part or a bad part, the fact that we've moved forward is important. And it is a sign that America has progressed, okay? And when you, when you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. So why do we have to – if we're going to start down this path of removing anything that hurts somebody's feelings, where are you going to draw the line there? What happened to free speech? I, yeah. You know, suddenly, if something it's hurts your feelings, dying. it is, which is very and scary. And I'm going to go fight for it in the next uh, state legislative meeting. Like my old friend Mark Linder used to say, pity the poor fool who looks ahead only to the future and misses the past that kicks him in the ass. Oh, can I say that? Yeah. You, you just that. did. <laughs> I don't know what kind of delay they have fine. on it. Yeah. But you know what? Here, here's the scary thing. Our kids today in most schools are not taught the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. And that's no. why they're so insensitive to you know the trampling of the rights they don't they don't realize why those are there and how critical it is to the foundation of this country and the fact that we are the greatest nation in the world and we didn't get there by being a socialist country no we did not and uh, i agree with you that the lack of uh, education of our youth and the constitution and the bill of rights and the declaration of independence are one of the main reasons why we have such a large part of our millennials now that think socialism is a fine idea and the scary thing is they're turning out in force to vote in the midterms they young are. people are yes they are that was they were talking about that on the news just free before stuff. i left the house yes free college free right healthcare. but they are they are energized right now because of their hatred for president trump and because mm. of the way they've been educated in school which or is just very far left yes yes all right carol wants to join us she's enrolling hi carol welcome to the dave ellswick show hi dave and party <laughs> well it's a party. i'm telling you our our national reserve uh resolve excuse me is being tested right now. Indeed. Whether we, stand, whether we stand together or we're going to fall as a nation, and it is not going to be pretty. Um, I am proudly um, a member of the DAR. I had three ancestors who fought the Revolutionary War, two Chisholm's and one Chastain. And my more direct um ancestor was the 14th Arkansas Secretary of State who gave us the Constitution we have right now. His home is standing as a historical monument up in Chisholmville, Arkansas, which you've probably never heard of, but it's right due east of Charleston at the crossroads, just past the crossroads, and it is a historic two-story log house that his father, Stephen Howard, Dr. Stephen Howard Chisholm, built in 18, he started in 1844, finished it in 1845, and Benjamin Boone was uh, born there. And he was our 14th Arkansas Secretary of State. And um, the house is still standing. <laughs> and uh, I'm surprised that the left hasn't torn it down because he killed trees to make it. <laughs> well, <laughs> those trees would have been long gone in 1840, since 1844. But anyway, it, it grieves me terribly to see what's happening to our country. Because um, I am indoctrinating, I'm trying to teach my children and grandchildren the wonderful history we have. 
um, my ancestors helped to come across the whole. They settled from, they came in Virginia, and then when they left Virginia, of course, they all, and the ones who were, who fought the Revolutionary War were granted land grants. And that's how they, uh, they first uh, settled in um, Hardeman County, Tennessee, the John Simpson Chisholm, the cattle baron, and his family, his father and grandfather, uh, he was born in Hardeman County, Tennessee, which is right uh, east of Memphis. And um, they moved from there then into Paris, Texas. And, of course, John Chisholm went out to Roswell over Spring Rivers, where his home was. And he, of course, was the big cattle baron. <laughs> but my uh, his brother, uh, James, was my ancestor. Kara, um, I don't I don't mean to jump in here and 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 pull you up short, but I got to get to a break. Uh, okay. What what other? I, I understand exactly what you're saying about being well, afraid for it, your country. Yeah, and and it really bothers me that Hillary, <laughs> um, she is a communist. Let's make no bones about it. She is a communist, as is as was is a Barack Obama, and they have. The following they have is very scary. We have really failed in our educational process because it's they're not being taught in the school American history okay. and what valuable history we have. And I and will they really and don't I'll, appreciate their freedom. Okay, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I've been yelling that for a long, long time. That's that's been a statement and an echo that's been going on in my show for a long time. Let's take a, a quick break and we'll come back. We've got Jane, uh, Jan here, pardon me. We have Jan here. We have Carl here. I'm here. Folks on Facebook are here. Want to hear from you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're into the 4 o'clock hour. If you've just joined us today, we've got the power panel as we normally do. Jan Morgan is here. RD is not here. Paul's not here. So I had to think of somebody that I could have on the air that could take the place of two people and I brought in Carl Kimball. You're so kind. You do a good job, brother. You do a really good job. He fills in for me, Jan, from time to time. Really? Which I'm sure you'll be doing here in the near future. You think so? You'll be doing my show. You think? Yeah. Yeah, the last time be I, begged, offered it, be I, begged him let, I begged him to schedule you for when I was filling in for him, but he was, <laughs> he he was, too, he was too jealous of your time, so he wouldn't let that's, me that's do a, it. That's a heap load of conservatism in one room. I don't know. <laughs> it Start, would have been the building on fire. Hey, you know, I've, I've been watching the Facebook thread yes. uh, of, of uh, the immigration invasion comments, and what people are saying is basically the same thing that we've been saying, that why, why we people do not want these folks coming in and being put up in tents cities for us to support until we figure out who should and should not be allowed in america and here's what i have to say about that i made this post a couple of days ago on facebook and i want to share it with everybody out there in radio land roughly forty thousand american veterans are homeless and about 20 veterans a day commit suicide in America. Meanwhile, your tax dollars, over a million dollars, is being spent on cancer treatments for an illegal alien in jail charged with sex abuse against a child. Now, this is a disgrace. It is beyond disgusting and outrageous. The American people are sick of this. If Republicans have control of our federal government in the next two years, this practice of treating illegal aliens better than our veterans better get Fixed. We've Amen, got veterans sister. on the streets right now. We've got kids out there that are American citizen kids that need the attention, that need uh, medical help, that need financial assistance. So I don't want my tax dollars being used to take care of, to house, to feed, to educate these people who are coming over here illegally. Preach it. Why don't we have? Why aren't we like other countries that say, if you, you, no, you can't come in America? I think the best 
the best uh, solution is to cut off all the benefits. You, you, if you come to America, you have to have a job. You're not going to get any benefits, none. The benefits in America are for American citizens who were born here or became American citizens. Immigrants you know, who became American citizens. They are not for people who are here illegally. You know, Jan, my wife came here when she was six years old. Her dad was a lawyer who defended his last case. He was a Havana lawyer mm-hmm. whose last case was defending the guys that were captured leading the Bay of Pigs invasion. Oh, wow. And That's when, amazing. when my father-in-law came over here with his pregnant wife and his four little daughters, they let him in because – he promised not to be a burden on the taxpayers. He had someone to stay with. He had someone to line up a job for him. And he had to have a severe cut in lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But he came here and he supported himself and he supported his family. Cool. But see, we become so politically and, and, correct. And it used to be that you couldn't get in unless you were coming in to support your family, not to be supported by the taxpayers. And we've become so politically correct that we're not – do you know in the state of Arkansas you can come in here and they're not even in many instances allowed – government officials are not allowed to ask nope. about your citizenship. Nope. You can get free health care. You can get a free education. All kinds of freebies. Of course, every, anybody can get an Obama phone, a smartphone. They phone. do not ask any student that shows up at an American school. If they if are United States they're citizens. They're United yeah. States citizens. My wife was a longtime public school teacher. She said, we're not allowed to ask. I know. That's outrageous. Yeah. And yet my kid, when I went to transfer her from private Christian school to public school, they wouldn't let her in because I didn't have her birth certificate with me. But I had her school transfer papers. I had her immunization record. I had all this stuff. And I sat there and watched them let this other kid in right in front of me who couldn't speak English. His parents weren't there. He had no idea what they were asking him. He couldn't answer any questions. He couldn't even tell them what grade he was in, what kind of education he had. He got to start school on time the next morning. My daughter, in the meantime, couldn't start. And he had no paperwork, nothing. My daughter couldn't start school until a day late because I had to go to another county to get her birth certificate because all our paperwork wasn't enough because yeah. we're United States citizens that pay the taxes that support that school. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what we've got to change. We've got to have a government that works for the benefit of the American people, and we've got to get people out of government who put the interests of non-citizens above the interests it's of citizens. It's not going to happen until the people the get mad fa- enough. The, until the people demand that their public school system teaches nationalism, America first, America the best. I studied American history when I was in school. I know you did. No, you better believe I did. And you didn't only – look, where I went to high school, you took a year of American history, you took a year of economics, and you took a year of political science. I had to take world history, too. Yeah, I'm you didn't sure have to do world that history. That was my favorite think. part. I don't think I. I don't think I did. I do remember when I went into my political, uh, his, not political history, but political science class. Petrin, my teacher, gave everybody a test to see what you already knew, and I mm-hmm. scored a ninety-nine. I missed one question out of it. You probably cheated. And he, he, he <laughs> yeah, pulled he got education. He yeah. pulled me. He pulled me out, <laughs> and he says, "You don't need to be in here." So what I'm going to let you do is independent study. And that's how I ended up writing a 60-page paper about Unigov that had then, not governor, but mayor of Indianapolis uh, was putting together where he was bringing the county and the city together for services and stuff. 
and and it worked really really it was ludicrous who it was and it worked hmm. really really well and then when he left to go to congress the democrat got elected and he got rid of all of it it was <laughs> it was saving millions of Don't dollars you hate it when that happens all right, here's a here's a question we got militaries <laughs> going to the border what should they do what should the president tell you know the you know his army commanders I'm, I'm sure he's going to say do what you have to do but is uh you know is lethal force justified uh 8230965 here's adam sewer you know who this guy is adam sewer he writes for the atlantic used to write for mother jones so he's liberal. <laughs> I was about to say, Mother Jones finally went the way of all flesh here I know, recently. I, I know. I guess he needed something to do. Yeah, so he's writing for The Atlantic, which is just a little bit, just just a little bit more conservative than Mother Jones was. And he <laughs> said, what that's saying. here's what he said about Trump sending the military to the border. Listen to this. You send, you send the army to, to kill the enemy. That's what the army does. The army kills the enemy. So when you send 8,000 troops to the border to stop thousands of people who actually won't even be there for weeks, what you're saying is these people are the enemy right. and we may need to kill them. All right. I don't think he's absolutely wrong. With Actually, what I don't either. Actually, I don't either. I, yeah, he may have been more appalled about the idea he than I am. About. But I think he hit the nail on the head. It's an invasion. We need to defend our borders. What do you do when someone invades your home? That's you know, correct. Here, here's the legal justification for use of force. Okay, This is what the law says as a United States citizen. All you have to do, whether it's in your home, outside of your home, in a public place, all you have to do is feel an imminent threat of serious bodily injury yep. or death to you or anyone in your presence. That is your legal line of justification for use of lethal force, period. So if you're telling people Extend you can't cross right this now. line, if you cross this line, we are going to we are going to assume that you intend malicious you have a malicious intent because we're telling you you can't do that. It's just like locking your door of your home. If you break into my house, I'm going to assume that you intend to harm me because I have my doors locked for a reason. Well, don't let it be said that I'm without compassion. I'm for firing a warning shot first. I'm for compassion of American citizens. I, I have compassion for American citizens, not illegals. Here's what I will say. I go along with what Jan has said, using water cannons and what. Mm-hmm. But if they bull rush our border, you got to use live All ammo. bets are off. All bets are and, off. And at that that's point. the that's the point in them coming in such huge numbers as they bull rush the border of Guatemala and and, and Mexico and Mexico. And but once again, how they got through? They just came through in too big in numbers for the amount of police. But they once had again, if you stop all this, one point six billion to Catholic charities that our government, my tax dollars, are going mm-hmm. to to resettle and help these people. If you cut off all the charity. Except that, you know, any churches, if you want to do something churches, okay, that's with your other year. But not with our federal dollars, because we're supposed to have this thing between church and state, this this division line. Yeah. So I don't want any of my tax dollars going to any churches who are helping, using it to help illegals. I was People appalled when I found out that the Catholic Charities was getting federal tax dollars to use for that. I'm appalled. I'm appalled that any religious organization is getting federal money, period. Well, I would anything. have thought it would have been unconstitutional. All right. Here's Larry. Let's see what he says. Hey, Larry, it's Dave. What you got for us? Okay, now, I don't know how far behind I am because I'm on the computer listening, right. but talking about the border, the guy says, you know, the military is there to stop the invasion. 
And I don't think our military will shoot real bullets on anybody. I think they might do the hose. I think they might do the rubber bullets. I think they probably should do the tear gas if, if you know, there was like a riot-type status. But I got a thought of what if they shoot real bullets first? What if uh, one of the gang members is in there and wants to start that trouble? I don't put this past Soros. I don't put it past the Democrat Party, quite frankly, to set people in there that if we are not so-called shooting them, because I agree with you, Dave, I think the Democrats want to see blood. What if they start it first? Well, that, that is what happens. I think that's a legitimate question. If our men are shot on, I think that they should be told, of course, they can protect themselves, which is they're allowed to shoot back. They would have to. You know, it's amazing well, to but, but I'm going to let you go. But I, I don't know if that will happen. All you have to do is, is, is look at the ROEs over in Iraq and Afghanistan and some of the other countries we've been fighting in. The rules of engagement have not been positive for our men and women who are fighting over there. No, they've I mean, been fighting they tell, with their hands behind their back. Yeah, when you're, told, the yeah. When you're told that you can't shoot at somebody if they've got a rifle in their hand, but you've got to find out that they're for the other side before you can engage, you've got problems. If we'd fought World War II under these rules of engagement, we we'd be speaking German. Yes, we would have, or Japanese, one or the other. Yeah. We would have lost. There's no doubt about it. We would have lost. I mean, LeMay said... That we had to win because if they didn't, all the generals would have been, you know, tried war as crimes, war crimes. Yeah. I find it hypocritical that the Democrats are looking for, and they're going to make a big deal out of the women and children being turned down, the women and children being harmed by the military as they're trying to come into America. And yet the, the Democrat Party, look at the millions and millions of, of innocent babies that have been murdered in the womb through abortion. What about all those children? What that That's a Democrat Party thing. What about those? How come there's no sympathy there and compassion there? Well, because their compassion is strategic. That's that's probably the perfect way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Politically strategic. Because Which there's is, a double standard. Yeah. Oh, of course there is. Yeah, like like Chris Plant says, if it weren't for double standards, Democrats would have no, no standards, standards at, at all. all. You're exactly right. And that's exactly right. Phone numbers 501-823-0965. Come on. I want to hear from you today. Typically, we don't push uh, callers. Today, I'm pushing callers. What should our military do here in about three weeks on the southern border? Nobody's calling about that because it's a hard question. It Nobody is wants, a hard question. The people question. know what they want, but they don't want to say it. Yeah, that's probably They're afraid true. to say it. You can change your name. You can, you can, <laughs> oh say, you can say you're Boris. Except or, for Jan and I. As I like to say, uh, you can say you're Boris or Natasha if you want We're already to. notorious, though. Be, we? well, be welcome to have you call in and tell us, what should the military do? <clears throat> 501-823-0965, Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. The question is, what should our military do? I mean, president sending 5,200 active-duty military to the border. I guess that includes the 800 that he announced last week. If not, mm-hmm. then it's 6,000. So the bottom line, they're going to be on the border. And this uh, seven to 14,000, you know, whatever migrant invasion is going to come down the road what should and we're supposed to stop them what are the rules of engagement let's talk to kenny wallace 
Kenny, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Hope you're doing good. What do you think that our president should do? Uh, the, the military should have been sent to the border uh, years ago to, to yeah. stop the tons of fentanyl and other narcotics that are killing us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, are you able to hear me? Yeah, I hear you good. Okay, good, good, good. So I'm in a little office break here. Uh, but yeah, they definitely need to be sent to the border. They need to seal up the border. They need to stop the, the, the trade that's coming with Mexico. I don't know. I don't care how many millions of dollars that in trade. Most of these crony capitalist companies, uh, they need to go trade somewhere else because the United States of America can't afford to trade with Mexico right now. It, it's, it's a narco state. Uh, the, the tons of fentanyl, heroin, cocaine that is killing and destroying our communities. Uh, I, I've been to town halls where a guy says, I can't let my kids play in the front yard because there's needles and tweakers uh, in the yard. Also, uh, we need to shut down some of these consulates here. Uh, I posted a video on the your uh, meet, uh, Facebook page uh, of the uh, Guatemalan consulate that was allowed to uh, be housed by Amboy Baptist Church uh, a f- about a month ago. And they uh, they gave out these IDs to these illegals that are accepted by some banks like First Community Bank and I think um, some other uh, government organizations so they can get on the welfare rolls and, and send their money back. Um, and, of course, uh, we have a Mexican consulate here in Little Rock. Uh, we have a lot of these mobile consulates. Uh, basically, Little Rock, North Little Rock are sanctuary cities, and Arkansas is pretty much a sanctuary state. They just don't admit it like San Francisco and some other places do. Which is something else we need to fix. But, but Kenny, let me jump in and ask you again. Military's on the border, lock and loaded. What are the rules of engagement? What what can they do? What can't they do? Uh, Fire warning shots, uh, rubber bullets at first, uh, tear gas and other non-lethal stuff, but uh, yeah, it, especially these gr- uh, grown men are, are trying to come across the border, and especially they start throwing rocks and bombs. Yeah, you lose, you use lethal force. Uh, we've had instances where the Mexican government and other Zetas have had to sh- have shot at our National Guard. I remember when Bush sent the Guard mm-hmm. years ago to the border, and but they weren't allowed to shoot back, and when they were fighter upon, they had to retreat. And we've had instances involving uh, helicopters with rocket launchers and multiple instances where the Mexican government, usually using uh, our own military gear that we gave to them to stop the drug cartels, ends up in the hands of the cartels. And they've been shot at by, you know, 50 calibers and such. Yeah, we, we need to fire back. All I right. Frankly, think that, yeah. I'm going I'm I'm to let you go. Thanks for your call. We appreciate it. Eight, uh, it's 501-823-0965. 501-823-0965. What are the rules of engagement? Look, I know i got a lot of military people who listen to this show. You know what rules of engagement are. What should they be in this case? I'll tell you what we could be doing, though, in our state and what states can do. Because as these people start getting in and as we have more of these folks, if they do break through the wall and get into to our country, that is the time when our state governors and our state government is supposed to stand between the federal government and their mistakes and protect the people of our state and that That is why that is why we should not have sanctuary cities in this state and we should not have sanctuary college campuses anywhere i got it i mean scott is in cabot scott we've got 30 seconds what do you what do you say i agree with kenny and i'm a veteran as well if you fire on us then you're returned with lethal fire period end of statement all right. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. I agree with that. That was an Army veteran for people I'm, that I'm can't hear. I'm 100% with him on this. If, I agree, too. If our men are fired on by, like, MS-13 or whatever, all bets are off then. And you better not be hiding out in the midst of them. Yeah.
You shouldn't be hanging out with people like that. I'm just telling you. News is next. All right, let's get to the final portion of our power <coughs> panel today here on the Dave Elser Show. Carl Kemble is here, as hey, well Dave. as Jan Morgan is Hi, here. Hey, yes. She came in on her Harley today and set off the fire alarm. <laughs> Made the whole here, building shake. <laughs> here, here at, here at uh, uh, West Plaza, and man, she freaked everybody out. They They evacuated the whole building. That's right. Although, Rumble of a Harley. Except that Carl except and I, alarm. we decided, we're going Because you knew it back. was me. You knew it we was hung, me. We hung out no on fire. the chance that we get to see Jan. <laughs> yeah. All right. Nancy joins us. Nancy, how are you? And how are things in Clinton today? Pretty good. Um, I have a different opinion than most of the callers I've heard. Mm-hmm. I'm very disappointed, appalled at the thinking of so many people a lot of those people in the so-called caravan don't even understand English they are leaving a country where there's been a drought no employment and they're thinking that they're going to find some sort of work or shelter something better than the life that they've been leaving and have no idea that they're going to be come up to the border facing guns and an army. They have no idea of that. Yes, there they may do. Maybe a few in there that have 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 that idea, but very few of them really know. Have you have you talked to any of those people in the caravan? Do you do you you've been uh, watching the people in the caravan? You know what that they don't speak English. I've been seeing a lot of them speak English, and I also know they've been offered asylum. They've been offered free education, free food, free housing in Mexico. They don't want that, and and many of them are taking taking that. Yes, good, many and they all should. And they've been told that the military. They know that the military is going to be on the border. So you believe in just allowing these people? To come into our country without without any sort of, of uh, resistance from the United States, we should just open our borders and let people come in who want to come here? I think that they should not just be allowed to come in, but they need to be processed through the legal channels. Can I ask I another question? How do you, be humane. Can I ask I you? It uh, be humane. Right. Not. I understand, but I wanted to. I'm trying to understand where you're coming from here. So, if we process them, how do you process people that have no documentation, that have no record of where they're from, what what their vaccination history is, what their background is, whether or not they're how do you how do you vet someone like that, and who who pays for all the man hours that it's going to take to do this vetting? You you're going to pay for that out of your pocket? You're willing for your tax dollars? Well, I'm going to end up paying for the military to be there. Well, well, they wouldn't be there if they weren't coming. Or the damage after that. Well, when we let them in, how many of them are you willing to put up in your house? I've actually thought that I could probably house a dozen, a couple families. All right. Well, very generous of you. It is. It's at least I'll give you credit, Nancy. At least you'll back up what you believe. Most wouldn't. It's like uh, Pelosi voting for no wall, and she's got walls all around mm-hmm. her home. Or Clinton. Or any of those folks. They got walls. 
I mean, uh, Clinton's got a nine-foot wall around no, her compound. Right. You, you no know, bomb's going to get anywhere close to her before it's been checked out. You, you listen. Right. You listen to folks like Nancy, and you, I can tell she has a good heart. She really, yeah, she yeah. really wants to help people, and she has a lot of compassion. and And there are people on the left that truly that is their intent. Is we just, you know, they're they're kind-hearted, but they don't crunch the numbers, and they don't. I'm wondering where is this kind heart with the forty thousand homeless veterans we have in America? Where, where's the kind heart for the the 20 veterans a day who are committing suicide in america because they're not getting the health care they're not getting the mental health care they're not getting the assistance they need what about what about those people i mean do they not deserve our attention and our money and our homes and our care and our compassion first before these people who have been told right now we 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 can't we, we aren't taking care of our own so we can't take care of you Okay. For, and by the way, that's for everybody who thinks that I don't let dissenting voices on my show. I believe in the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. I like. Well, she was a nice dissenting say, voice. Yeah, she, I, she we was, don't mind. Yeah. I think she was probably an extremely nice lady and I very well she is. Yeah. She means well. All absolutely. Five zero one eight two three zero nine six five. Five zero one eight two three zero nine six five. That is the number here to the Dave Ellswick Show. The hard question being asked today is it? I'm not going to back away. It is a hard question. What does our military do if uh, being there on the border and doing non-lethal things doesn't stop this invasion that's coming? And it's an invasion. (laughs) Whether you want to call it that or not, it is an invasion. And what happens if the other side starts shooting? Do you think that everybody doesn't have a gun on the other side? That there's not people carrying weapons on that other side? If you do believe that, I do have some swamp land I want to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, but the, the problem is with with the, with the people like Nancy is you know you've got the kind, compassionate heart, and I understand that. But sometimes you have to protect our country against even the most well intentioned people because that kind of love, and that's what she has, is love and compassion for her fellow man. But sometimes love will kill you. And it will destroy this country. And I'm saying that if you do not, if we do not stand up and protect our border and determine who is going to come in here and who isn't, and they can only come in legally, and that's not what we're hearing from majority of these people, they intend to invade, then they're invaders, as Dave now, said. The purpose of having a military is to protect your country. Mm-hmm. If your country's under attack, then your military has to protect your country by whatever means are necessary in order to protect your country the military stands at the border protecting the people who stand behind them in cities like san diego and san francisco and los angeles those people are going to go that way they're going to stay in california because they're so freaking nuts out there (laughs) you know as far as being a a sanctuary state and whatnot whatnot they'll let ms-13 come in no problem you know in addition to the the crime aspect that you mentioned and then there's also the health aspect there are people coming in here who are bringing all kinds of diseases because they don't they have not had the kind of health care that we have and the other issue had it here in arkansas Here just recently. We did. Outbreaks of scabies. Mm-hmm. Yep. The outbreak of measles came from the Marshallese up mm-hmm. in northwest Arkansas. And then here's the other issue. When you have people coming into our country from other cultures, and they do not intend to assimilate, all right, in, in a number of other cultures, women are not treated and, and viewed as women are treated in America. Look That's at what true. happened in Europe with all the refugees and all the people that came in. Suddenly they had this major influx of rapes, 
and murders of women there. That's why Merkel's because, not and they started again. Right. And that's why, the, you know, yeah. in these other countries, Good they started riddance. telling the women there, you're going to have to cover up because men there aren't accustomed to seeing these men that are coming in from other countries. They don't, they're not used to seeing this much skin on women. So I was like, excuse me, what? So because they can't control themselves, we have to change how we are and how yeah. we, we, how we now dress in America. A, that's, that's lack of assimilation writ large. Well, hey, but it's look, a real problem. Indeed. If they wanted to assimil- assimilate, they would not be marching up the road to come to the United States. With Mexican States flags. With, well, yeah. with Hon- Honduras and Honduran fans. flags mm-hmm. and Guatemalan right. flags. In front of them. Right. Yeah, they'd be. You know what I would do if American I saw any of those? You know what I, what I do in America? The only time, I, I'm telling you, if I see a Mexican flag in, in my state, I'm going to yank it down. And the only the only time I've seen when I rolled into one of the cities in Arkansas and there was a whole row of Mexican flags up and down the main highway rolling into this city when I was on the campaign trail, Which I was livid. If I hadn't been late for an engagement and it hadn't turned into a scene, I would have stopped right there and started yanking them down. But I was like, wait a minute. Why are we why are Which we waving city? Mexican flags in America? This is America. If you come to America, you wave the American flag. If you don't want to wave the American mm-hmm. flag, then you need to go back to that hellhole that you just ran and escaped from. If it's so great there, then why don't you go back? I almost got into a fight down on Laredo. My son-in-law works in the oil patch in Texas, and he was down in the Laredo area a few years back. And so uh, when you go to Laredo, what do you do? You buy a bunch of pottery because it's just cheap as dirt, right, when you go. So it's a went sanctuary down, city, isn't it? Yeah, well, I have no idea. But I went down to get to get some pottery. My wife wanted some. And I walked into one business and the mexican flag was flying over the american flag did you yank it down well i couldn't get to it to yank it down but i did ask for the owner of the of the the business mm-hmm. and he came i came up to him he, and i said why do you why are you flying the mexican flag that's wrong you can't do that in our country if you want to fly it under the american flag i have no problem with it but you don't put it over our flag you I have a problem to, with you it. Need to pull it oh, you need to pull it down. And he, here's how he started to answer <clears throat> me. Listen, gringo. And I said, <laughs> stop right there. My wife had to grab my collar. She had to pull you down. Pull, me pull you back. back. <laughs> I was ready to punch him in the now, face. Did you, is this in Arkansas or Texas? That this, this was happened? in Texas, down oh, okay. in Laredo, Texas, Man. right on the border. Mm, I can't it believe was, it. You should have taken good. pictures of it and then taken pictures of the business and said, hey, folks, you know, it, is this what we're going to tolerate in America? And, you know, money talks. Unbelievable. Here's Will Boycott. in Jacksonville. Hi, Will. How are you? Hey, not too bad, Dad. How you doing? I'm doing good. What do you think? What is our military? What's... What's the rules of engagement on the border? Uh, so this is going to be really unpopular with a lot of people, but uh, the military has something called FASCAM, which is Field Artillery Scatterable Mines, and the Air Force and the Navy have cluster bomb units, which will deliver mines as well. Mm-hmm. I say we back everything off water. about 2,000 meters, and we start putting up signs, danger, minefield, and we actually put a minefield down. Now, these FASCAM bombs and the cluster bomb mines actually do have an internal trigger on them that after a certain amount of time, they'll detonate on their own so you don't have like Vietnam or Laos or Cambodia where you've got mines 30 years later that are still being discovered by innocent civilians. So they could be detonated, you know, after, say, 30 days or 30 hours or whatever. But we tell them straight up, look, you cross our border, you're entering the mine zone, and you know what? Whatever happens, happens, people. You're military age, you don't speak English, you're rah-rah, you know, Hezbollah and everything else coming from all these different countries. 
not just Central American countries. You know, that's already been documented in the news itself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, sorry, but this is a sovereign nation. And I read today someone, I forget which paper it was in, but the U.N. is telling us that we need to let them in because it's a humanitarian issue. Um, yeah, I say we tell I tell the I say we tell the UN where to go. Why are we even still a member right of the back UN? Will, Geneva. We appreciate you. Thanks for your call here on the Dave Ellswick show. Phone calls are coming in. Let's take our final break. We'll take a few more calls when we come back. Jan Morgan's here. Hmm. Of course, Carl Kimball is here. I'm Dave Ellswick back in a moment. All right, so I'm sure I've given John Brummett his next column with my show today. <laughs> <laughs> so Let's go in. He uh, needs the help. Let's get uh, let's get Willie. Hey Willie, how are you? Glad to have you here. What's your take on this? What's the uh, rules of engagement on the border with our military? Well, I'm sorry, Miss Jan. This may be really a little too crude, but we should drop leaflet in Spanish and uh, English on these two caravans, saying if you. That if you cross the U.S. border, you'll be shot on sight. If you warn them, it's on them. That's what it is. Thanks for your call. Really appreciate it. You're a final caller today. But the bottom line is, I mean, that's what we did to the Japanese before we dropped uh, the atomic bomb on them. We dropped leaflets. We asked them to stop. Right. And it took another one before they finally did. We need to let the people out there in Facebook land because they couldn't hear the last caller before this one. And he, oh, had, yeah. a, he had an idea that I was like, that's wow, idea. that's pretty interesting. His idea, for those of you out in Facebook land, his idea was that we, we put a minefield just on the our side of the border. Minefields. About 2,000 you know, meters yeah, in. 2,000 meters in, minefield. And then, but then on the other, you know, on the opposite side before they come over our border, put signs in all different languages and warn them. This, there are minefields. Now, you step over the United States, you step over our border, you are choosing to put your life at risk because they're all over the place. And yep. then if, if people get and, armed, then it's, it's on them, not us. And these mines, by the way, can be uh, programmed to detonate themselves whenever you want them to. So they could be there for, say, a month, and then they would turn them off. Why would and, you turn them off? Why not know, just leave just, that there? That's a good well, way to protect our border. It's cheaper than building a wall. You still don't want to just leave a, a lethal minefield hot all the time. Just in if case you have signs all along the border and fence on both sides and say, do yeah. not enter. We had an active minefield on the border between the two Koreas for uh, oh, 60, 60 mm-hmm. years now, 67 and years And people knew now. it was there, and how many crossed over? But here's Not the too thing. many That's that right. made it. I was right. talking to you guys about being down at King Anvil Ranch. Let me tell you <clears> something that I saw that made me ashamed to be an american oh come on no 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 i'm just telling you, when i tell you this you're gonna go what be honest with you all right i was down in uh, the 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 bowels of the state of arizona <laughs> and uh, i was i was going down to nogales which is the uh the first mexican city that you get when you go over our border and uh, a police chief had just been killed there. There, there are billboards in Nogales that say, "Police join us or die." And the cartels put those up. And uh, this uh, police chief disappeared. And about two days later, his uh, he he showed up again, minus his body, his head on a pike, 
and it was uh, stuck on a stick. Yeah, I read about that. Stuck on a stick in front of the police headquarters. As you drive towards Nogales, there's a there's a national forest, and there are signs up that say that you enter it at your own risk because of you're talking the, about on our side of the on border. our side of the border. Yeah, you enter it at your own risk because of the cartels. Yeah, now I'm so just telling you I'm, that we wouldn't take our special forces and sit them in there and let them just take those groups out is just embarrassing to me. Yeah, I've read about that, Dave, and I was embarrassed about it, too. The idea that a part of our country is forbidden to our citizens. To our people, because it's too because, dangerous. Because we can't defend our own country. That's great. Maybe I, I, I used the wrong word when I said I was embarrassed. I, it's not being a... I'm not disappointed. Ashamed. I'm disappointed that instead of standing up and killing those bastards, they let them have it. Yeah. I mean, that's people that are our parents' generation. They brought war to our, us. Mm-hmm. Our parents or our grandparents' generation would not have abided. No. What you just described. No, they would not have. And I'm just saying, if you're in there and you're running drugs. Uh, at that point, you you put our special forces, you put a couple of wet uh, wet squads in there. They'll take care of the of the problem. Here here's the solution to all this: just let the militias and the bikers just let let the militias in America take care of the situation. Just tell the citizens: look, if you're in the militia, go on. If you're a biker, bikers for Trump, bikers, just let them go down there and handle the border issue. It'll be fine. And just turn your backs, turn your cameras off, and go home and let them deal with it. And they will. Yeah, well, I I just got to tell you, Jan, I I. I was speechless, speechless when I saw You've that. You've never been speechless. No, in your life. I, I was oh, you, such a liar. You nailed him. You he's nailed never him. Been, I was. He's, he he I said was that for speechless. dramatic effect. He's when trying to many, be dramatic. Now, he's got, done many things, but I never got, speechless. I got right. my speech back by the time I got to the King Anvil Ranch, and I could talk about it. But you know, we show things for people that they'd never seen before. You know, when people think of a desert, they think mm-hmm. of. You know, the Sahara Desert with these right. big dunes and stuff. That's not the way the desert is out in Arizona. Southwest it's hard. deserts are different. Mm-hmm. It's hard, uh, you know, soil. And we had pictures of, Some uh, of the, the the bicycles that mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the mules were riding across the border and stuff. I mean, I saw things that I'll never forget and that our listeners should never forget hearing about. Like I said, they were... They would shoot those women up that were pregnant, so they'd have their babies here in the United States. So they would have they would have citizenship because they were born in our borders, and then they got all of the things that come with being a citizen. And so did their family. And that and needs so to did stop. The people, we need immigration reform in America oh ASAP. My God, that's that's an. It's been many years ago, but I used to live in the Southwest Desert, not far from the border. And I love that part of our country. By God, it's worth fighting for, same yeah. as any other part of our country. And it makes me sick to think we cede any part of it to any cartel or any other country or any other that. group of uh, roving marauders. I don't want to give up one part of any part of this. we got to hold country. on to Pannonia and Illyria, too. All right. It's all important. A lot of fun with you guys today. All Thanks right. for having me on. Jan, you, you got a good what part of me honor. today. A lot, of people, a lot of people say, 
Why don't you scream anymore, Dave? I start <laughs> screaming when I get into subjects like this. Yes. Well, you, you did your dramatic effect thing, too. This first Thank time you I very heard you. much. Well, it was sure an honor to sit in Thanks, for the Jan. great Paul Calvert. And what an <laughs> honor to meet Jan Morgan. Now, Thank you. And now you get to leave the studio and meet my Harley. And I, Sniper. And, His name is Sniper. Sniper. And, and now, Sniper. now I get to feel even better about having voted for you. All right. Oh, thank you. Got to take a break. The Bible guys are next on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, because it kind of goes along with uh, what we've been saying here on the show, talking about getting back to our Hebrew roots and all of that. Did you hear what happened to the vice president? Yes, I did. Well, no, what happened to him? No, I, I do but know. But I mean, he... you understand what he did, and it's riled up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Many in the Jewish community, Vice President Mike Pence, was roundly criticized yesterday for appearing at a campaign rally in Michigan at which a Messianic rabbi invoked Jesus in mourning the deaths of 11 people at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. Uh, Messianic Judaism, which believes that Jesus is the Messiah and considers the New Testament to be authentic, is not recognized as Jewish by any mainstream Jewish movement in the U.S. or by the chief uh, is it rabbinate? <coughs> Rabbinate. Rabbinate. Mm-hmm. The supreme spiritual authority for Judaism in Israel. Pence, who has often proclaimed himself to be born again evangelical Christian, invited Rabbi Lauren Jacobs to the stage at a rally in Waterford Township, a, sur- a suburb of J- uh, Detroit, for Lena Epstein, a Republican candidate for the open congressional seat in Michigan's 11th district. Jacobs, the founder and senior rabbi of Congregation Shema Yisrael, or Israel, I guess, in nearby Bloomfield Hills, a Messianic congregation opened by invoking God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, God and Father of my Lord and Savior Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, and my God and Father too. Yeshua is derived, I love this because I just want to watch you guys, listen to you guys laugh at this. Yeshua, derived from a Greek spelling that eventually became Jesus, and English is the name by which many Messianic Jews referred to Jesus. Because <laughs> that wasn't Jesus' real name. It wasn't Yeshua. Okay, so I'll let you go. It, it just struck me as interesting mm-hmm. how upset everybody goes, and I wonder, I guess that's how they feel when they listen to this show. <laughs> Probably so. Well, you have I mean, so, seriously. Well, yeah. If you want to know how upset they were, um, go back to the first century and look at what happened to Paul every time he went to a synagogue and they were not happy yeah, about what he was doing. Yeah, they beat him, stoned him. We have a pretty good, good relationship um, with the Jewish community. Not just, I don't mean us as, as persons, but I mean as um, just Christians in general. And the Messianic community, for the most part, has a good relationship with the Jewish community. But what we believe is an offense. Um, and many times they really don't like what we do for those of us that believe in keeping the Sabbath and the Feast of the Lord. Uh, and it is it is a source of offense. And um, uh, I can't fault um, the Messianic rabbi for praying the way he believed. Um, yeah, and, you know, and it, it was, uh, you know, in the beginning, um, the Messianic um, followers of the Lord, they – we were actually a part of one big happy family um, because there were so many different variations within Judaism. You had one group called the Sadducees who didn't believe basically 
anything. They didn't believe in eternal life. That's why no, they were sad, you they, see. They, they, <laughs> that's right. They, they, they believed in, in the Torah, but they wouldn't accept any of the prophets. They wouldn't accept any anything else other than Torah. And uh, consequently, because they couldn't see certain things, they didn't believe in an afterlife or angels or supernatural or anything else. And then you had the Pharisees, on the other hand, who believed not only the, the law, but they also believed the prophets. And they believed in resurrection and spiritual gifts and angels and heaven and and all those things. So then you have these two groups that were opposed to each other. Then you had another group called the Bothuthians, and you had another group called the Zealots, another group called the Herodians, another group called the Essenes. And you had a lot of different groups there. And then there's another group called the 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 Notzrim. And they were the ones who followed the, the, the one from Nazareth, the one the Notzrim. The word Notzrim is a word uh, meaning for Messiah, it means the branch, basically, and uh, and so and there for a while we got along okay, and then what happened inevitably was um, um, war took place, and um, those who followed Jesus fled to Pella or fell, fled to the mountains, as Jesus said, and when Rome came in, and other Jews went to uh, the the west coast of the country, and everybody was killed off, all the Sadducees, everybody was killed off except two groups. The two groups that fled, one group were the Pharisees. They went off to the western side of the country. And the Notzrim, which are the followers of Jesus, they went off over into the eastern side, up into the mountains, according to Jesus' words. So you have these two groups that were left. And then they got back together. And But the Jews thought that the Notzrim kind of betrayed them and didn't stay and fight. And so there's been a, there's a long history, but we used to be a big, happy family So what you're saying, time. it wasn't because they believed – that Jesus was the Messiah. No, not in the beginning it wasn't, mm-hmm. because there was a lot of people who believed that there was there, there was people who believed. We have a long list of people who thought certain people were messiahs. Um, and one of their great beloved rabbis is Rabbi Akiva, and he believed a guy named Bar Kokhba was, uh, was the Messiah. But that didn't stop him from being Jewish, just because he identified a person as the Messianic hope. Because they could look at the ones who believed in Yeshua and say, well, they're they're adhering mm-hmm. to the Jewish they faith. Were still, That's right. They were still going to service on Shabbat, the synagogue, the synagogue mm-hmm. and they were still hanging out, and they would fight and disagree about this, you know, Yeshua, but they still went to synagogue together. I mean, think of it. even today, there is a group uh, of Jews, and they're they're called Chabadniks, and this is a group of people who have identified a man that they believe is the Messiah, and his name is he's he's, he's called uh, the Rebbe Sneerson. Uh, he's now passed away, but they believe that he is the Messiah. Yeah. And they he's dead, but they believe he's going to be raised up from the dead. He's going to be resurrected. They believe that. He suffered a lot of sicknesses, and so they actually apply verses from Isaiah 53 to the Rebbe's life, just like we apply those to Jesus' life. I mean, they, they believe he's Messiah, but that doesn't stop them from being Jewish. No one's kicked them out of Judaism because they've identified an individual as the Messianic hope. So it was it's very common in Judaism to believe in a Messiah, and many times it's been found where they actually believe a certain person is Messiah, but didn't disqualify them from the Judaic faith. The big problem for us was the um, the Holocaust was one of the biggest yeah. biggest problems, and that is something people cannot get get past. I can kind of understand that. Ever yeah. since the fourth yeah. and fifth century, the greatest persecutors of the Jews have been predominantly Christians. Yeah, yeah sure. A, the Crusades. Um, yeah. Pogroms, all the things. Yep. It was all. Most of it was done under the banner of Christ because they killed the Christ, uh, and therefore they deserve judgment and cursing, and that's what they hear. And so, we, I mean, the pogroms were brought about by the Eastern Orthodox, right. correct? From the Russian, yes. Um, the, the pogroms, yes. Okay. Uh, the the 
it, the Inquisition and the Crusades. That was by the, that was by the Catholics. Catholic Church, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have the Eastern Orthodox doing one thing, and the Catholics doing another thing. And in a mind of a of a Jewish person, a Christian is a Christian is a Christian is a Christian. Right. Now they some might say, yeah, we think Catholics are a little bit different, but for the most part, we're the same group. And then when you have the Pope actually saying that Hitler was a great son of the faith. That doesn't do anybody any favors no, when you're agree. trying to heal something. And this this argument about the division or even the offense of Yeshua would be um, it would be less if we were 1900 years ago. Okay, but when you have 1900 years of history, now what they the the Orthodox Jewish people uh, they look at um, Messianic Jewish people as people who are Christians pretending to be Jewish. They don't they don't really view them as Jews. They view them as people who have left the faith. Uh, and part of it is is because the things that we've talked about on the show so much is because the vast majority, 90-something percent of, of Christianity is pagan and has adopted most of its traditions from paganism. So when Jews look at Christianity, they see idolatrous paganism. That's what they see. And so when we start talking of, and you start talking about a Jewish person who's moving towards Christianity or they start to see, hey – Yeshua, he was Jewish, and he was a good Jewish rabbi, and how his teachings were represented are wrong. And No, he did everything according to Torah. He didn't do away with it. He taught properly. He lived accordingly. Then they start they, – they accept and they see it. They don't see the pagan Christianity that's presented, but the vast majority of Judaism still sees the pagan Christianity. And then on the other part of it, and something you've talked about, uh, about what a Christian should not do when you're first getting to know a Jewish person – don't try to convert them right off the right. bat. And that, because that is deeper in the article, but it talks about the only reason these groups exist, you know, Jews for Jesus mm-hmm. and all the rest, is to convert Jews away from Judaism. Right. Well, <laughs> just build a relationship with people. Yeah. Be, you know, love on people and build, build a relationship with them and uh, let your life speak before you let your mouth uh, run, unless you have an unction from the Holy Ghost. Yeah, that's the key. You, I mean, if you the Holy Ghost that. says yeah. talk, then you talk. That's right. But unfortunately, we don't know how to talk to Jewish people. I mean, I was talking to a guy here in town many months, uh, over a year ago now, and and I, whenever I was talking with him, I was referring to, uh, I, I was saying, I said Yeshua half the time, the other time I would say Jesus, and I would say um the Messiah, or I was using the Hebrew word Mashiach, and he stopped me at one point. And he says, "Why do you keep saying Jesus the Messiah? His name's Jesus Christ, isn't it?" And I, I said, "No,", no. <laughs> but, he, but he honestly thought that Christ was his last name. Yes, I know. So there's, there's that. A lot of people in the church believe mm-hmm. that. So here we are. We can't. We've not even. We're not even communicating the gospel properly or understandably to the people from whom it came originally. No wonder we can't understand each other. I think most Jewish people have no problem with us being Christians. They do have a problem when a Jewish person becomes a Christian. And that's why this thing with uh, the vice president is such a big deal because it's a Jewish man who is now being a Christian. That's where the problem is at. It's not that – Mike Pence prayed or wanted to pray. It's not that he prayed in the name of Jesus even. It's that they have a Jewish person doing that, and that that's the problem for them. Yep. So, But then Mike Pence probably feels the way we feel. We've been yeah. grafted into the vine. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when, 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 when people, when rabbis study and they think about this, it, it makes a lot of sense, um, but they just have been raised. I mean, you do talk to some of them. They, they're raised with this one thought, and that is, we don't believe in Jesus. Right. We can be Buddhist. 
follow Buddhist teaching. We can be atheists. We can be agnostics. We can be all these things. But one thing we don't do is believe in Jesus. So they're raised saying this is what we don't do. And so it's it's a very – Because they were chased around the world with the cross. Yeah. And so they would look at – matter of fact, a rabbi that I sat under in New Jersey when he was – uh, when he came to accept that Yeshua was the Messiah, his mother took him to the rabbi, and he the rabbi made this statement. He said, you have willingly accepted what our people died rejecting because they were they were forced converted. Mm-hmm. Many Jews were forced converted, and they forced convert just so they could live. And so they have a hard time accepting anything Christianity because they have history with the cross. And and it's all because people rejected the Hebraic nature of the faith. Yep. I did I do find it interesting that the media is like holier than thou about this and they go, Well, you know, they're right about this. Why is the vice president doing this? You know, kind of thing. I just Well, they're all can't, can't the, watch the, them anymore. The media's all excited because their holidays tomorrow night, so they're getting excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm sorry if that's how you feel because tomorrow night's supposed to be pouring down rain. Oh yeah. Is yeah, it really? yeah, yeah. We 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 were doing something differently in our house. Instead of doing the whole thing about uh, being Halloween and all that for uh, Eli, we're we're hiding candy in the house and letting him find candy. Oh yeah, yeah. Go out and Soon find some him. That way, you get some candy. Have a party. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm all about candy. Come on. <laughs> all right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We're going to talk more about the Holy Spirit today, the Holy Ghost. I know that makes everybody really uptight, <laughs> especially with tomorrow night coming up talking about the holy ghost but anyway we got all that coming your way if you have a question uh 823-0965 823-0965 that's the number you need to call or you can send us a te- uh, or an email pardon me to bible guys at salem lr that's s-a-l-e-m-l-r.com all right back with you here on the dave ellswick show thank you russ appreciate that you gave me the 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 look the finger no the fickle finger of fate <laughs> came at me and said you're on <laughs> no, when he says that i start talking yeah. so uh of course uh scott is here scott is the uh, preacher over at agape church steve is here he goes to agape they both work for a school yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. go ahead it's a pretty good one by i'm gonna way. give you i'm gonna give you an early time to uh do something about school. Okay. Go. Well, <laughs> well, we are in the process right now of recording the third or fourth semester. I don't remember where we're at. I think we're in the fourth semester. Um, and so anyway, the American Institute uh, for Advanced Biblical Studies is something we've been talking about on the air here for about a solid year, year and a half, year and a half year and two a half. years probably. Yeah, it's been a long time. And we often uh, – But it's only been – up and running since May. Right. It's right. about four months, yeah. Right. So we've got the, the second semester of the first year um, fully recorded now, and it's online as well. And so what makes us different than any other Bible college? Because every other Bible college that you go to is going to teach the denominational view. And as you hear us talk about on the program all the time is you have to understand the Bible in its context, in its culture, in its historical setting, in its geographical setting, in its political setting, in its linguistical setting. And when you begin to put it all back in that the Bible really is easy to understand. It really is. 
Uh, and so we encourage people to go if you're not if you're one who says, hey, I'm not interested in a degree. Well, guess what? We have a, a, a way for you to just learn the classes, learn the material without having to pay for a full degree. You can audit classes for a fourth of the cost of a class. You don't have to take a test, but you get um, – um, notes. You get notes. Uh, you get twelve hours of lectures uh, with that had several hours of research and history into it, and it w- it will give you uh, a different perspective on your Bible than I promise you you will v- hear in very few other places. Yeah. So even if you're not a, a student of theology, but you you just want to understand more about uh, about the Bible, then uh, the institute would be a great place for you. I mean, it's fifty dollars for a class. Fifty dollars for twelve hours is like four dollars. About four dollars for an hour of uh, of teaching, and that includes all the all the notes and all the research that goes into it. It's a a great a great thing to do to really bless you and move you forward in your in your faith life. And if you're if you're in ministry and you realize you've got a little uh, maybe a, a deficit when it comes to uh, the, the cultural things, uh, this is a great place to get a, a refresher course. And uh, you know, you know, we've said this for a long time. I had this thought just a, a few months ago that you know when you take. Um, People say this, you can make the Bible say anything you wanted to say. And the way you do that is by taking things out of context. Really quickly, you know, a verse, I grew up hearing this all the time, money is the root of all evil. Well, that's not what the verse says. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. But if you take out the first part, then you can create a poverty mentality, mm-hmm. take vows of poverty because you see money as being the root of all, all the evil, but it's really just the love of it that is. And so I begin to think, well, what if we can make the Bible say anything we want it to by taking a verse out of context, what happens when you take the entire life of Jesus out of context? And that's what, unfortunately, we've done a lot of is taking the entire life out of context. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to recontextualize yep. Jesus' life. I mean, um, we only have, the Gospels only give us 17 days of the life of Jesus, yet he ministered over 1,200, which means we have basically 1% of his entire ministry, and um, and yet 74% of the 1% of his life we have, the recorded uh, history, all took place during the Feast of the Lord, the Seven Feast. Yet, how many times we do don't you, follow any of them, in right? Christian, you don't even so. hear him taught about much less follow. Yeah, I mean, so what we've done is now we have him saying things and doing things, but because we don't contextualize his life, we don't know it's during a feast, yeah. and so we pull him out of his context, and then we extrapolate his words. Those words meant something at that feast. It meant something to convey a message at that moment, and when you pull him out of his moment and put him into yours, instead of you going into his. You get a sometimes you get a very different thing. Is this teaching. a book you're working on now? <laughs> uh, I only wish. No, I, I have a. I, that would be a great. Has anybody ever a, written a book like that? There's actually quite a few books out there that that um, address a lot of these different things. Uh, things like our our father Abraham. That's a great one. book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Yeshua from we got from Doctor Mosley. Um, I just actually, I, I, my 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 team actually just put together three years of. Uh, teaching that i did on the feast of tabernacles and that puts a lot of jesus's life in context did you mean tabernacles specifically no i mean the the, the different uh, festivals yeah i mean i understand understanding the festivals i'm talking about why he did what he did at certain times during festivals because that's important to understand well then you need to take the course on the festivals. and i'm going (laughs) all right we got the news He's counting down. News is now. You know, if you want a career working outdoors, using your hands, getting, you know, into the community, 
then what you need to do is uh, apply to PI Roofing. PI Roofing is expanding, and if you're wanting to climb the ladder of success, why not work with PI Roofing outdoors with your hands? Uh, you know, PI Roofing Home Solutions, career opportunities in their commercial roofing and service division, residential roofing and service division, home solutions division, get paid up to $20 an hour. You can make a difference with them. Climb your ladder of, of success. Get your uh, resume to piroofing.com, piroofing.com, or you can call them 501-707-3551. So there you go. That's something you should be uh, considering. Cool. All right. So I, I've been peppering Scott with with questions. If you've been watching on Facebook you know what the the conversation has been. You're not watching Facebook, and shouldn't be if you're in your car, <laughs> uh, and and you're listening to the show. You didn't hear me ask Scott over and over again as we were talking. I said, "Why in the seminaries?" Because look, I went to the seminary. I went to Southwest Baptist Seminary. I didn't graduate because I figured out about a year and a half, almost two years in, that it wasn't for me, mm-hmm. and I and I left. I. I was at the seminary, if you're Southern Baptist, you'll know what I'm talking about, when the big arguments were going on about liberalism and and conservative thought within the Southern Baptist Convention. Hmm. And so that's when I was going. And when I started hearing preachers say, well, God would never send me to a small country uh, to reach people on the mission field, I know he's going to give me a big church. I knew... I was in the wrong spot because it was just totally against what my grandfather had ever uh, taught me and uh, that I had ever read in in the Bible. You went where God said you were needed. Absolutely. So uh, I wondered why I hadn't been taught, as Scott has taught, about when – you know, Christ said, you know, I'm the living water, and if you're you're thirsty, drink from this water, you're never going to be thirsty again. That was said during one of the feasts. That's right. That's All right. right. And it it replicated or went along with what I guess the rabbi, the the number one rabbi was doing the pouring, priest. Yeah, pouring down the uh the water in, in this particular uh time. Well, that's important for you to know. Absolutely. That's really important for you to know because there's a I bet you there's been a million different sermons mm-hmm. I have heard that missed the real point yep. of what it's all – why that was done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's because his life is no longer contextualized. We've pulled it out. Uh, we've made Jesus, Jesus an evangelical pastor of the 21st century as opposed to letting him be a, a Jewish rabbi of the first century in, in the land of Israel. And there's so but much – But it lends itself to the 21st century. Uh, absolutely. These are, we, we can take the ancient principles and apply them to, to modern times. Truth is truth. That's yeah. right. And it's applicable any time but – like anything, you've got to keep truth in uh, in context. You've got to keep it in in context. And uh, you know, so many things Jesus did, he did at the feast. Like when he, when the woman was caught in adultery, they brought him to them. Um, that was at the feast of um, Tabernacles. When he wrote with his finger in the sand, that was the feast of Tabernacles. When he commissioned the seventy to go out, that was the feast of Tabernacles. When Peter said, "Wait at the Mount of Transfiguration," that was the feast of Tabernacles. When Peter said, "Let's build three tabernacles and stay," that was at the feast of Tabernacles. When Jesus said, "I'm the light of the world," that was Tabernacles. I'm the living water. That was at Tabernacles. I mean, yeah. When have you ever heard it taught in the context of Tabernacles? Because in that moment, it all makes sense. 
Well, and that makes sense that preachers should be preaching about it. Absolutely. So that we understand what it really means. Mm -hmm. Common psalm that we all say, uh, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Yes. It doesn't have anything to do with today. You you can secondarily apply it to your life to as a way of edification to yourself, but the primary meaning of that was when he poured that water out, because they were rejoicing. The psalmist was rejoicing the fact that this is the day that the Messiah has come. Let us rejoice. That's the context of Psalms one eighteen, and that Psalm one eighteen is what so they sing at the Feast of Tabernacles. How many times have we, as Christians, sat in church and missed the real meaning? Yep. Of the verse. That's right. Yep. Or we say it when we have a good day at work. Yep. Oh, this is the day the Lord's made. I'll rejoice and be and glad. It, in. And that's a secondarily uh, a way to apply it. Mm-hmm. And all the Bible can be done that way. You can always have primary, secondary, tertiary applications. Mm-hmm. But what we do is we tend to hop over the primary application and go straight to secondary or tertiary ways. When, but how more important is it to understand, hey, look, I'm the Messiah. I'm here. This is the day. That's right. Yes. Yes. This is the day that God has made. That's and right. We should rejoice. That's when it makes sense. When you put it back in its right yeah, context, it really does. It yes, takes on a whole different meaning. I, I, we were never meant to be this far removed. I think we've mentioned this on the show before. You know, when when most people think about when they think about America, they see us coming from basically from England to the New World, and one thing they miss is the fact that we went to Holland for ten years. And we lived among the Jewish people for 10 years. Yes. Then we came over here. And on the way over on the Mayflower, we sat down and we asked a question. And we said, what language should we speak? And we voted. Obviously, we're speaking English today, which means English won the vote. But it only won by one vote. And the other language it was up against was Hebrew. Can you imagine if Hebrew would have won the vote? how different our faith expression would be, how Mm. differently we would have read the Bible. And it was so ingrained in our culture that even as late as 1760 or 1780, they brought it up a second time. Should we change the national language to Hebrew? Obviously, it didn't happen, but it was Mm. still in our psyche. That's why all of our Ivy League colleges, every Ivy League school will start as a Bible school. They're all Bible colleges. And then when they got here and they celebrated the first Thanksgiving, yep. it was done in late September, which is really weird how it coincided with the Feast of Tabernacles, right. which is the Feast of Ingat. And it lasted seven days, which is very interesting because that's how long the Feast of Tabernacles actually yep. lasts. And it's about Thanksgiving, and that's one of the things you do at the Feast of Tabernacles is you have a time of great Thanksgiving and great feasting. It was a, it was a Feast of Tabernacles. Why are Americans? American males were the most part circumcised. Nowhere else in the world. Listen, I, I lived in the UK for 11 years. British people are not circumcised. And we came from there. People in Holland are not circumcised. So how in the world did Because they were pagan. So how, do, how did we get circumcised coming from over there? We had, we, had, we had seen ourselves as being so engrafted in that we were now a part of the Commonwealth of Israel. That's right. And, and so for the well, most part. But we are grafted in. That's absolutely. the key. Yeah. Right. But, but how many people now in churches are into the boycott Israel yeah. or to the Jews? You know, they had their time. They lost it. Now it's our day. I mean, we have so bought into let, the replacement theology. Let me say something that, that might make some heads explode. So when we, oh, let, me my, let me go get my duct tape. <laughs> Well, we, we make a phrase, and we say a phrase, I mean, um, when a Jewish person becomes a believer in the Messiah, and we say he's converted. The truth of the matter is, when a believer, or when a non-believer, when a person becomes a Christian, he's actually converting to Judaism, 
Judaism is our faith. Jesus is the Messiah of Judaism. So a Jew does not, quote-unquote, convert to Judaism when they see that Yeshua no. is the Messiah. They simply accept the fact that he is the Messiah, and they are to remain within Judaism. And when we say things like convert, um, then we are implying that they are to leave Judaism. And we are actually supposed to leave the nations and become part of the commonwealth of Israel. Yeah, which is what our ancestors did and understood. Yep. That's why our universities were started with Hebrew as a foundation in their language. So, uh, man, I'm, i got to really kind of figure out a way to have a life group where people are taught Hebrew. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm teaching right now in the in the college, um, and I'm teaching on Wednesday nights, uh, teaching Hebrew 101. So we, this week, my students will finish up the alphabet and finish up all their verbs, or not verbs, all their vowels, and uh, and they'll start. Um, I'm going to teach them about uh, Spock this mm-hmm. week. Um, so if any of them are listening Live out there. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. This right here, you know what this is, Dave? I know that's a that's a Jewish symbol. That's right. Uh, Leonard Nimoy is Jewish. Yes. And when they were creating this, the character of Spock, they um, that he was supposed to meet some other Vulcans, and so they said well, there should be some type of greeting. He said, you know, in America we shake hands, in uh, the Orient they bow, in uh, you know, in the in the military they salute. There needs to be some in type France, of greeting. They kiss cheek. Yeah. So that there needs to be some stuff. type of greeting. So so Leonard Nimoy said, how about if we do this? And of course everybody bought into it, and he said, as a, as a little Jewish boy. And at the end of every um, Sabbath service, the Kohanim, the priest would come up and they would say a blessing. And he said, my dad always told me, cover your eyes. You can't look. And he said, but as a little boy, I opened my eyes. I peeked and I saw them them doing this. And the symbol, the Vulcan salute symbol, is actually the Hebrew letter Shin. And it is the image of the letter, first letter in the word Shaddai, which means uh, almighty God. And actually, the Bible tells them to do this. The Bible actually says how to hold the fingers. So this here is not Leonard Nimoy. It's not just Jewish tradition. <laughs> it's not Spock. Right. It's actually a biblical thing. Um, and so that becomes the symbol for um, the letter shin. So they basically put the name of God on the people when they would hold out their hold out their and hands. It's highly probable, but we can only extrapolate this. But it's highly probable that right before Yeshua ascended, when it says he blessed them, that's what he did. He said he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Yep. And did the ironic benediction over him. So the terrible tragedy that happened when this guy walked in Mm. Saturday on Shabbat and killed 11 people, uh, the media said it was a naming uh, festival, basically. And I understand the baby was getting his name. Mm. However, it was also his circumcision. Yes. So time. he was being brought into the covenant. Mm-hmm. Yes, they tend to leave that out. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they are they're blind leaders. They don't know what they're what they're talking about. You know this this tragedy that happened. Um, you know there, there aren't any words to des- describe this. Um, and um, we in our, our campus we lowered our our flags. We have we have flags on our campus and we at our church and we lowered our flags to half half staff half master. The president asked them to be lowered. Did he? Yes. I didn't know that. And so uh, and I told I told our our staff I said I want them lowered for eleven days, one day for every for every person that was um, that was um, massacred. Um, and um, the fact that people are trying to to blame. Um, the president yeah i mean who who has done more for israel mm-hmm. than any president that we can even have modern memory of even more than ronald reagan did 
to my knowledge. His daughter is oh, yeah. Jewish. His son-in-law is Jewish. His grandchildren are Jewish. I mean, and when the Palestinians wouldn't negotiate for peace with Israel, if you know, he shut down their office in Washington, D.C. And, and kicked them out. I mean, he's done more. It's absolutely asinine to believe something like this. Right now, we need to think about more of the, the problem that's being created in other areas, but not, not try to point fingers like that. Mm-hmm. So at any rate, so we stand with the, the Jewish people uh, as Agape Church. We, we stand with them, and we, um, we pray for the Jewish community. Amen. And they need it. And, and unfortunately, that this all this comes as part of this misunderstanding, what we've been talking about, uh, how the vast majority of the uh, Christian world views the Jewish people. And, you know, it makes sense that the people outside of the Christian world view the Jews. And I actually had a guy at work ask me this. He goes, why have they always been persecuted? He goes, it's all That's throughout always the Old Testament. That's a question that comes up on something like and this. It, it, I told him, I said, this goes back to Genesis 3.15. Because from that woman, Eve, her seed was going to destroy the devil. And so he followed out from Noah to Shem uh, to Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to David to Moses and said, man, i got to do something to stop this. And then actually the book Revelation chapter 12 talks about persecuting the woman, which was really Israel, and the child that came from that woman. So they are the the carriers of the word, carriers of the Messiah. The devil hates them for this reason, and he hates us, those who have accepted that. So he's okay with those who pick up this anti-Semitic rant and don't follow their Hebraic roots. He's okay with that because it causes the division that we have between our brethren. Well, it's also the people that don't believe a, a lot of the – Hebraic material that we've talked about and other people have mm-hmm. talked about, it also keeps them from seeing the the fullness of their own faith. Yep. Whenever you whenever you talk to people about um, about the your understanding of the of the Hebraic side of things, are they open to that, Dave? The people in general you talk to are here's what confusing? I usually get. Uh-huh. All right. Well, you know, yeah, I understand <laughs> what you're saying, but you know, I don't know if I buy into all that. I mean seriously really yeah it's kind of that way you mm-hmm. know and and my wife has gotten to the point where she would you shut up <laughs> stop it you I, know you I ruin have, a good dinner <laughs> one of the things i get that that i loathe is when people make this comment well it's really about being saved so let me understand this right so you 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 accept that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, and you believe that he died for your sins, yes. But you really don't care to do anything else in this life for him. You have revelation that the God of the universe created all of this, created you, and that you know his plan. And all you're concerned about is, quote, unquote, getting saved. And you're not going to spend every waking moment asking that king how you can serve him. And you think you're saved? Mm. You might want to take another look at this book. And an interesting. We're going, to, we're going to the last segment. We're going to talk about Holy Spirit again. Okay. Uh, he intervened with me today. It was really interesting. I was talking to my son-in-law, and he was. We had we've in the past talked about evolution because I don't buy it mm-hmm. at all, and I don't think the Bible buys it. Yeah. And I was talking about I got a a bush uh, in the back my backyard, and it's big because I don't trim it very often. And these two pairs of cardinals, their families now are coming and nesting in it during the wintertime. So anyway, 
long story short, is that uh, it was producing the red berries mm-hmm. to go along with that, and they were talking about how you know, animals eat it, but humans can't eat it because it make you sick or me sick. And I said, yeah, isn't that amazing, Justin? I said, I want you to think about something. That bush is smart enough <laughs> that it thought about how am I going to continue to propagate myself. Mm-hmm. And so it thought, I'll make berries on my my uh, my leaves. And you know what? I'm going to make them the brightest red I can so when animals see it, they're going to want to eat it. And after they've eaten it, I'm going to have seeds in them that won't break down in their digestive tract. And when they poop, they're going to poop out the seeds and more of me will grow. That's right. It's a pretty smart bush. That's a smart bush. I wasn't made this way. I developed this way. And he just looked at me. He says, point taken, Pop. <laughs> you and I mean, scored I never, a point. I had not ever thought of it that way. That was a good thought, man. But, I mean, bottom line, how can you say that it was not designed, designed to do that? Yep. Just think about that it. That bush isn't thinking. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I just just kind of broke up. I'm, I'm being told I got to break. Go for it. Let me break up here and, and tell you that Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics wants you to know that they got all these big changes going on, uh, especially to the 12th Street location here in Little Rock. That is their initial first location. Started in the late 80s. It was started in a house that was built down uh, back in the late 1800s. And they've gotten around now to taking this specific location and turning it into a state-of-the-art facility with the latest technology and prosthetics and orthotics. New gate room where they can look at you after you've been fitted with your prosthetic or orthotic and make sure that you're walking correctly. Big new waiting room so you'll be comfortable as you wait for your appointment. A room specifically for women who have lost their breasts because of breast cancer and need prosthetics there, and you're going to be comfortable while you're fitted. It's all because Horton's prides itself on their patient relationships. Keeping you happy is their priority, and uh, they believe in providing a lifetime of support. So remember, six locations with a new updated facility in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith and Searcy, it is Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.